This is the introductory podcast. The inaugural. The inaugural podcast for, well... It has two unnamed. We we don't have a named website. We don't have a named podcast. We haven't named anything. This is as bare bones as it gets. Um, So we're in Sean's basement. Okay, so this podcast brought to you by a presenting sponsor... Sean's basement. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the T-shirts. We do use promo code Sean um, when you check out of Sean's basement for twenty percent off. Um, so yeah, that's it's it's the inaugural podcast. Basically, this is going to be all about music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you follow along with our music blog, um, you've noticed we've put some some posts together already. Um, so our first podcast today is actually going to just be talking about the year that was in music. A great year. Um, so 2015, Jake, what, what are your thoughts on, on the year that was? Well, so I think we both, to like rewind it back, I think we both felt like this year started off with a pretty incredible like bang. It, the first, I don't know, four months, five months. Yeah. Um, just a slew of high quality album after high quality yep. album. Um, and I think, uh, we both listened to more music this year than ever before. We did. And so think back to January, right. February time, the hot fire that was being released in those two months. So think back to the start of the year and just the onslaught of albums that we had that came out immediately. I mean, we had... And we'll get into these later, but we had Viet Cong, Father John Misty, Panda Drake, Bear. Panda Bear. We had a ton of albums to start the year off. Yeah. And I remember we were talking, I think it was like March or April, and this is the time when I think Purity Ring was coming out and some other, I think uh, Sufjan Stevens was yep. coming out as well. Right. And we were just like, okay, 2015 is already a better year in music than 2014 was. Right, after a few months and is what o- we had noticed. And it had only been four months. Right. So that just, I mean, that continued throughout the rest of the year. I, a lot of times, you know, you'll hit a, a lull in like July yeah. or August of albums coming out. That wasn't the case this year. It seemed like every two weeks or every week, it was just something else good. Well, and what those first few months ended up spawning for us was that we decided since it had been a special few months with a ton of great albums, we figured we should, I think, maybe, we didn't really talk about it, but I think we both knew, like, we should keep tabs on this year in music yeah. as closely yep. as possible yep. and, and just see what becomes of it. And it ended up, I think, being maybe the best in recent memory. I would say, yeah, I, I, I think you have to go back to 2012 before you get one that's even close right. to, to this good. And I think 2015 actually surpasses uh, 2012 in terms of, strength of music that came out this year the other thing that happened to us was over the summer um on top of all the new albums that were coming out i think you and i both made an effort to go back and listen to a ton of older albums as right. well uh and we had and i you know we jokingly referred to it as like a musical renaissance yep. because we went back and listened to a bunch of classic albums that we had never given the time of day to before right uh, Stuff like David Bowie, yep. Replacements, yep. Uh, Television, The Smiths, Brian Eno. Yeah, a lot, um, lot of that stuff. So it was a good year for musical discovery in general, not yeah. only for 2015 albums, which we'll talk yep. about today, yep. but also for albums from years past. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's probably a good jumping off point where yep. we can we can start to discuss 2015 right. uh, in general. So um, what Jake and I did was we very 
I don't I don't even know what the word to describe it would be. Just systematically, carefully, meticulously. Kim, yeah, we use a spreadsheet. There's a spreadsheet there's, involved. There's a giant spreadsheet in Google Sheets. Big shout to Google. Um, our, our our sponsor for the podcast. <laughs> I don't think we can legally say that. Okay. Uh, it's Sean's basement. We'll edit that out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in post. <laughs> we'll get Tate on it. Yeah. Tate will hop on that. Um, Tate's our imaginary fact checker and uh, studio engineer. Anyways, uh, yeah, we meticulously, obsessively, we put together a giant spreadsheet mm-hmm. of all of the albums that we listened to throughout the year. And we ended up rating it on a set of criteria, which was overall enjoyment, uh, relevance to music uh, in, in the year 2015, lyrics, melodies and hooks, instrumentation and production, uh, replayability, and then finally length. And um, so those, what is it, seven? Yep, seven, seven criteria. criteria were rated each out of ten, um, and we used a uh, some a formula, a very high... T- uh, it's... I, I it's mean, impressive to say the least, Sean. To say the least, uh, I'm actually patent is pending on on that particular formula. Essentially, you sum the total and then average it. Let's not give away our secrets. Yeah. The secret sauce okay. should stay secret. You know, there's uh, yeah. So, but if you know how to use a, an average formula, you well, could do a similar thing. Uh, let's let's not let's not give away all the podcast secrets. Okay, we here. won't give anything more away. We're the professionals. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, like Jake said, we we had seven criteria, rated them all out of ten averaged it so each of us got an average score for all the albums we listened to and then what we ended up doing was taking both of our scores so you had a jake's a jake's a jake score and a sean score we averaged those two together it's a tongue twister it is we averaged those two together we ended up with our top 25 of the year and unofficial count for albums listened to overall yep. is what eighty seven? Is that? Uh, yeah. Between the two of us, we listened to 80, 80, 87, or eighty six, eighty six albums between the two of us. Um, obviously, we overlapped on many of them. Mo- yeah, um, if not most. I right? personally, at the time of this recording, um, listened to. A total of 81 albums. Or, no, 80 on the nose. And I have listened to 78, uh, of which 68. I, reading these spreadsheets is annoying because it, it starts with one, so it's actually yeah. one fewer. Yep. So we got 66 that I've actually rated, uh, 78 that I've actually listened to. And so we're going to get into our top 25 countdown now. Yeah. And we're going to kick it off with number 25, and that is... Uh, Painted Shut by Hopalong. Love this album. This album was a late entry into the 2015 canon for Jake and Sean. And, and an unlikely album that Jake knew before Sean. That's Not right. common. That, it's that, hard for me to catch up. That's true. And I ended up getting into this. I saw it on the AV Club's end of the year list. I think it. I think they only did a top 15, and yeah. it snuck in at 15. I was like, I might as well give this a listen. Basically, what won me over were the lead singer's vocals. Yeah, and let's look up her name because we. She, yeah, I, I don't remember what her name is. She absolutely just shreds these songs with yeah. her voice. Picture someone whose voice sounds like it's about to crack from, at all times from the uh, Francis Quinlan. Francis Quinlan. Yep. Thank you, Francis. Yep. Part of that Philadelphia music scene. Shout out to Cam Boucher. 
uh, and sorority noise in modern baseball. Who we'll um, get to. So, yeah, who we will both get to them. Uh, but hop along. I mean, what else can you say besides those I, awesome vocals? I think that, yeah, the vocals are the, are the big takeaway. Yep. Francis kills it on this album. I'm talking about her like I know her now yeah. at this point. I mean, I feel First like it, Francis, we're Francis. basically best friends at this point. Yep. You know this. I know this. Yep. Let's just get over it. All right. <laughs> Every, the world can know. Let's stop beating around the bush. The world can know. I, um, not only, though, do I enjoy uh, Francis's vocals on this album, um, but I really there's some good instrumentation awesome instrumentation I really enjoy um, some of the guitar work on songs like I think it's Horseshoe Crabs the third yep. track yep. some really nice sort of intricate um, finger picked stuff yep. or what <laughs> I assume is finger picked I'm not sure um, just the I really like the production on it yep. um, the instruments sound great and, and it's it's sort of a nice it's like what you might hear described as like freak folk yeah. It's kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a yes, folky exactly, punk. Exactly. I mean, uh, it is a folky punk, is how I would I would describe them. Yeah. Do we want to try to do a favorite song off each of these? Yeah, we should. My favorite song is easily uh, "Waitress." Waitress uh, from this one. Yeah. I think my favorite. Uh, that's up there. So maybe you stole it, but I, but for the sake of adding another one, I'll go with the knock, the first song yep. of the album. Yeah. Um, the, the witness just wants to talk to you. Part yes, this yep. is awesome. Yep. Cool yep. lyrics. Also, great. another part. Really cool lyrics on this album. There are sort okay, of outside so of the box. I will quickly say this before we move along on uh, waitress. This. I mean, we... Oh, it's got a fucking battery. That's why. we'll just edit it out. It's okay. fine. Okay. Or we can keep it in because we're at Sean's basement. That's true. Oh, all right, let's just sponsor for the show. We'll, we'll just keep going. So people can know that, guess what? We're not professionally podcasting yet. We <laughs> just guess. went out and bought a mic at Best Buy. We night. just bought a mic. So this probably sounds like crap. I bet this isn't even recording. <laughs> this 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 is probably not on. <laughs> it, it happens to be on. Okay, okay. Um, what was your thought? I was, you? I was just quickly going to say, Waitress. So this was a song that I liked <laughs> when I f- was first listening through. I was like, yeah, this sounds good. One day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at the lyrics to this song because I'm interested in what the story is because it sounds like she was a waitress at a wet restaurant and, like, these girls came in and, like, maybe the story was, uh, like, this girl's boyfriend, like, she, like, had sex with them or something. That's basically the gist of what this song's wow. about. Some high drama. But the way that the chorus goes is, like, I don't know. You just have to listen to it. Yeah. I, I, but Give the lyrics are listen. actually really really like intricate more so than what you would expect yeah. from just like a freak folk or yeah. like folky punk like we had talked about and and so also anyone who's a janis joplin fan yes oh yeah, that's actually a, if, a perfect comparison if you're in the market for a commanding yep. uh aggressive scratchy vocal from a, a female yep. lead singer this is right up your alley and you probably should have already listened to it yep you're missing I out. I actually can't imagine why you wouldn't have, because right. that's a nit, that's sort of a it's, niche taste. It, it is. Seems it like is. You, that maybe the it only is. album this year you would have found. It's, it, yeah. But if you want it and you haven't heard it, give it a listen. Yep. Um, love that album. So do we want to move on. Yeah, we'll move so, on to, and that is the the phone right. going off. We'll record it. We'll we'll uh, edit this part out because that happens to be at a transition point. That's actually a really. Which is fine. We'll just. Um, it's gonna be really important phone calls coming in. Yeah, that I just—it's insurance information. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's sort of a weird thing to say. Okay, so 20, uh, 24th on our list, yeah. uh, coming in hot at number twenty-four, Destroyer with his album. 
Apple basement's phone. Um, <laughs> basically, Sean's Sean's basement has canceled our sponsorship, and we're we're looking for a new home. We're, yeah, we're looking for new places. That's the downside of having them be our main sponsor. You have to put up with the phone ringing. So, if any fledgling sponsors out there want a yep. hot fire podcast, yep. it's sure to get you uh, some some ROI, return on investment. <laughs> Look our way. Okay. So what we forgot to do with Hopalong was uh, give our scores. Yep. These are the this is the learning curve. Exactly. And so with Hopalong, we had an average score of eight point four seven yep. out of ten. Yep. With uh, my score being Jake's score eight point five, Sean's score eight point four three. Yep. Uh, one thing to point out that we noticed as we started doing this is that my scores trended higher. Yep. Um, but are consistent overall. Yep. So. Yep. I mean, that one's pretty much dead even. So, yeah, it, some of them actually even out to be you know pretty similar, but yep. for the most part, yeah, Jake's scores were a little bit higher, but it, it, it all evens out in the end. It's just, to scale, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So the 24th album on our top 25 consensus top albums of the year, I said top twice, number 24, Destroyer with Poison Season. Yeah. So um, when I, was this released, Sean? This Do you remember? came out in August yep. of this year, and the reason why I remember that is because when I was moving out of my apartment, this was the album that I had on repeat as I made trips back and forth between my apartment and bringing things back to my parents' house. Mm -hmm. So I remember listening to this album a lot over that weekend. I was like, this is great. I love it. It's awesome. As time went on, though, um, I realized that... Lost some luster. It it did. I I lost a little bit. I, I realized maybe I don't like it as much as I thought I did. Um, I will say, Dream Lover, the second track on this album, though, is is a song of the year. It's a top 25 song, song of the year for me. Um, Can we get, like, a sound thing to come, boom, yeah, top 25? Like, yeah, we, need, we should. We need that, it, it, The fact that we don't have it just shows our... <laughs> so this album is different, slightly for me, story. I think it, I had higher, low, more of a middle ground. Yep. Less high on the highs, less yep, low on exactly. the lows. Sort of just yep. liked it, never didn't like it. Yep always liked it the same i i think this is a perfect example of an album that kind of like lower dense it's just it's really solid and you know there's not a yeah. ton you can really say about it other than it's just it's a solid listen um the Times square theme that runs throughout the whole is album, actually really cool really interesting there's three different versions of a song called Times square on there they all have the same lyrics but they have kind of different styles right. throughout what, what is your favorite of the Times squares Oh, I, it's pretty easy for me. Times Square, the middle it's, track. It's the, it's the yeah. single version. So yeah. th- for anyone listening who doesn't know, um, the Times Square Suite bookends the album. Yep. There's Times Square Poison Season 1 as the first track. The last track is Times Square Poison Season 2. Right in the middle, seventh track is Times Square, um, which is up there for my favorite songs. Oh, it's second, my second favorite. Dream yeah. Lover would be up there. Also, songs like... Like Archer on the Beach. Yep, yep, Archer on the good Beach tune. is good. So yeah. this is, um, what's his name, Dan? Uh, Dan, we're going to look it up. Behar? Behar. Behar. Dan Behar, um, singer-songwriter, yep. um, ethereal lyricist. Yeah, um, yeah. Parsing through Dan's lyrics is kind of, I mean, it's, Dil- it's Dylan-esque. It's it seems like a like, goddamn fever dream. It is, and it's, I think, if anyone is into Bob Dylan type of singer-songwriters. Yeah. Um, it, he, he has a spoken word quality to his singing as well, which is cool. Um, 
what really struck me about this album though and i think the reason i kept coming back is not necessarily for the lyrics which i did love and thought were really interesting but it was the overall production the instrumentation on this album is so varied the instrumentation's the story here it's actually better than like the lyrics i think the lyrics are actually really secondary here and it's yeah. more so the the production yeah. the instrumentation Some huge horns. Kind of, the horns yeah. are all over this, amazing all over the album yeah I I'm a sucker for horn. Yeah, um, me too. Some strings on here. Yeah. Really liked it. Yep. Um, um, it's worth a listen. Definitely is worth a listen. And despite a precipitous it fall did. off it, for Sean, yeah, ended yeah. up squeaking into our top twenty-five. If, if this had been a top twenty-five albums of the first half of the year, this may have been top five or something. Yeah, yeah it would have been real high. Inflated it been, score. If we had done this September first, mm-hmm. this is a top five album of the year for us probably. I just got a work email, everyone. <laughs> it's nothing important. Don't worry. No one get out of your seats. Um, so coming in at number 23, it actually just squeaked in ahead of Destroyer uh, with a score of 8.50. Excited is uh, Sound and Color by Alabama Shakes. Love this album. So Alabama Shakes, you know, Brittany Howard, Amazing voice, amazing vocalist, uh, one of the best we have going Probably right now. Probably the only album I will have listened to in the past five years that would fall into the category of Southern Rock. Yeah, yes, um, great point. I mean, yep. aside from the fact that I'm a huge Skinner fan, obviously. <laughs> Skinner, Almond Brothers, uh, 38, 38 Special. special. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I, personally, this album, I think, is ZZ an Top. ZZ Top is another Southern Rock band. <laughs> Um, Alabama Shakes on this album, I think, took their sort of kind of bland, generic southern rock sound from the last it album, was. and they took it into outer space. They made it. They made a psychedelic southern rock album, and let me, uh, I, I I agree with you there, Jake, that they their sound was bland on the first album. It honestly, the reviews for it were very high when it came out. I listened. I was like, I don't care about this. Right. This album is boring as hell. But however, Sound and Color comes out, mm-hmm. and you're right. They blast it off into space. Yep. And I will say that iPad commercial that has the song Sound and Color on it. Yep. With the is, xylophone. It is one of the best commercial experiences you can have on TV. Big it, shout to Apple. Without a doubt. Apple keeps doing that. Yep. Um, so songs like Sound and Color, uh, Dunes, Future People. These songs, Future People, they yeah. all have... Um, just a cool sort of it's like a spacey yeah. southern rock vibe. There's there's a, definitely like a groove here on all these uh-huh. tracks. They this like Alabama Shakes hasn't lost a trace of their their roots or their sort of their just the underlying groove that yep. that like makes this band go forward. Yep. But what they're doing is experimenting with a lot of really cool sounds on here. Yeah. It's actually really cool to hear uh, that sort of coalesce come together. Yeah. So. And I actually remember when this album came out, Jake was high on it. I gave it a listen. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. This is kind of uh, another Neon Indian situation where I can't really get into it. Went back, gave it another couple listens, and I was hooked. It was actually, you know, really, really good album. Ended up with an eight and a half overall score for us. So um, before we move on, yep. we've given the overall score. we got to both give a favorite track. Favorite track for me, uh, you go first, actually. My favorite song, I think my favorite song on this album is either Dunes or Future People. Dunes has a really cool, 
kind of old school sounding recording over it. Yeah, um, yeah, not, just yeah. a nice melody, sort of a relaxed vibe. I really like that song. And then Future People, I think, is maybe where the money should be on. I think that's probably, probably a because song. Future People's up there for me. But you know what? I'm gonna give it to "Give Me All Your Love." Actually, that big, oh, yeah. that big uh, yep. vocal towards yeah. the end of some screaming of "Give Me All Your Love." The is... most impassioned performance on the album. It is, and that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why I like it. Um, and I think we may have forgotten. Not to re- uh, sort of tread over old material here, but I think we forgot to tell the score for Destroyer, did we not? No, we, we gave it an 8.49. It I mentioned w- that it, that uh, Alabama Shakes had just come in ahead of it. Right, okay. Um, so that leads us to number 22. Ooh. Excited for this one, too. On the countdown. And this A is... A late entry. Yeah, this is another late entry. This was honestly over the past few weeks, couple weeks, that this ended up... Uh, with a meteoric rise, and this is Sprained Ankle by Julian Baker. Um, So this is a really interesting story behind this. So this girl's 20 years old. Tell us the story, and tell me this story. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, maybe I didn't tell you this. This girl's 20 years old. She is a junior in college still. Um, I guess she's in, like, this other, like, hardcore punk band, and she's like, oh, I have these other songs that I just kind of want to record. So she lays them down in like her school's like recording studio that they happen to have, and it ends up getting awesome reviews. This was another one that I didn't even know had come out. I think it came out in October, and it ended up on a few different end of the year lists. I was like, eh, I'll check it out. Some mm-hmm. nice like folky music, like soft acoustic stuff. You ended ha- up listening to this ad nauseum. Okay, that's for a few days. So yes, this actually had a, a similar story to destroyer where i gave it a ton of listens over a very small amount of time there were two days at work where i just discovered this album i think i listened 15 times in two days it's a short album it's like half an hour 33 minutes 33 minutes eight songs so i ended up listening nine songs i ended up listening like 15 times uh ended up with a very high score for me uh, gave it an 8.71. Jake, you had an 8.39. 8.39, and I think the reason that that score comes in lower for me is not in any way, uh, doesn't speak to the album's detriment at all. Yep. Um, <clears throat> just I had less of an emotional connection. Yeah, th- um, this this was an album where, and Jake you, and I use this term a lot, just right place, right time. Yep. Where it just, this was a right place, right time album for Sean. Yeah, it just hit me at the right time. Yep. It was great. And that's not to say I didn't like it because I really enjoyed a ton of the stuff on yeah, here. Yeah, Songs yeah. like Blacktop, Sprained Angle, yep. um, and particularly Go Home, the last track Go, on I, here. Yep, I, so, you know, if we're, if we're talking favorite tracks here, mine's Go Home. I'm going to give it to Go Home as well. It's Go Home. Listen to Go Home. The, the piano on Go Home, the vocals, Eerie. the lyrics, they're, uh, the, and, I, and I think, Jake, you and I had been texting about this, and I said, the lyric, I've kissed enough bathroom sinks to make up for all the lovers who never loved me, is... Heartbreaking. I'm crying right now. Um, yeah. So I, it's lucky I'm able to talk so clearly. <laughs> I, I know. My tears. I know. But go home. My well, my, minus the the sort of the haunting lyrics on here. Yeah. My favorite part of Go Home is this this eerie piano outro over the sound of what sounds like a preacher, sort of a a religious sort yep. of fanatic preacher, yep. hollering ab- about. Jesus? Yeah, it's like some it's some like Bible passage yeah. being read over and over again. So interesting story behind that as well. I was reading an interview with her because, you know, I wanted to figure out what where did all these like heartbreaking stories of like loss and depression and like uh, drug abuse come from 
from this 20-year-old. So I was reading an interview. She didn't really shed a lot of light on it, but she was talking about that particular song, and she was saying what ended up happening in the studio was that they were getting interference from, like, this, like, TV channel or radio channel or something of, like, this preacher, and they ended up just keeping it in on the song, and it actually makes for, like, a a very haunting uh, What I was going to say was the result is something that even bumps the album a couple more points for me. Just that alone. Yep. Because the effect of it is, like, it really is so eerie, and it has such a cool sound. Honestly, I've listened enough now where sometimes I'll actually skip it over because it is so eerie to me. It's it's unsettling. It's unsettling. Especially the third time around when it's like being looped, you're like, okay, this is this dude's freaking me out. Um, it's, and he's someone who sh- I think should freak you yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll yeah. leave those opinions for another podcast. <laughs> for another pod, yeah. So that um, got um, an 8.55 overall for us. Uh, Julian Baker, sprained ankle. Check um, it out. I think I have one more thing to say about it, but I can't place it. Um, oh, it's that, it's that, is Julian Sneaky a girl's name too? I didn't know. Yeah. Who, there's no memo I think that it's one out. of those things like, like so, how Stacy or Courtney can technically be a guy's name too. See, that's like, where I'm going to have to disagree with you though, because those aren't, they're not men's names. I know they are, but they're not. Right. Well, what is a, 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 a male or a female name, Jake? What is that John. really? John is a man's Jack. name. Jack. <laughs> That's the only acceptable man's good, name. Good, strong I would name. say Jake and Sean verge on the, the two feminine. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, kidding, but I, I didn't know Julian was one of those names. I fun actually fact, didn't really think of it. Fun I was just like, yeah, it's... I When I heard about this album, thought it was a man's album. It is not. It's a woman's album. Yep. A woman recorded this. Yep. Julian Baker, the woman, recorded yep. this album. Yep. And it's very good. Fun fact, she is a woman, and Julian is a woman's <laughs> name. Um... <laughs> So we're moving on. We're we moving are moving right on. on. We're moving on. With the segue of all segues. <laughs> yep. We're moving on to, what is this, 23? I can't seem to this figure is, it out. This is 21. This is, this 21. is 21 on the it's list. It's always going to be one higher. <laughs> yep. We're on an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. So 21 on the list is an old favorite of yep. both Sean's and mine, uh, The Tallest Man on Earth, with his new album, Dark Bird is Home. Yep. Um, so this album came out in May. Right, yep, May. Came out in May. Came out in May. <clears throat> and we bought tickets with a few friends to see him play in Boston yep. at the Orpheum. Yeah, the Orpheum. So I'm at the Orpheum. Concert was great. Tallest Man's awesome. G- fantastic. It, unbelievable performer. guitar player. Yeah. Performer in general. Yep. Singer. A lot of energy. I'm impressed by pretty much everything Tallest Man does. And so we both binged this album yep. over the preceding week because it was one of those situations where their tour started like basically the day it came out. Yeah. So I listened to a stream, I think, on NPR. Yes, we, yeah, we, and, we both did. And, um, <clears throat> and we got as many listens as we can. And, it, I mean, so this is an interesting thing. We rated it the same exact score. So the average score here is an 8.57, both of us giving it an 8.57. Yep. Um, the one note I'll say is that while I enjoy this album, I love it, it's, it's actually my least favorite, possibly, except for his first, I'm not sure, Tallest Man on Earth album. So I'm actually with you on that. Um I, Which I speaks th- to how good it is. I know. I, I think you can technically say I'm a little bit higher on this album than you are, even though we have the same score. Because the inflation tre- of my yours score. trend a little bit higher. Um, I'm with you though. It's his worst since his first album. And I, I've had a hard time pinning down what it is. I think exactly about it. I think the songwriting feels like there's a little less fire behind it. There, there's a little less. There is. There's it, he. 
if you've ever listened to the tallest man on earth one of the best things he brings to the table <laughs> is a bob dylan-esque vocal style yep but like kind of on juice it, yeah like, he, he sounds it's intense it's raspy yep it's it's honestly his calling card. He'll throw a well placed fuck in there every now yes. and then. He'll drop the he'll drop the big F in in key situations. Yep. Um on this album, while that intensity is somewhat there, I felt like he was sort of like lacking a little bit. It was. There was a little bit of that bite that wasn't there. Um yeah. and I think he might be suffering from a Kurt Vile syndrome where it's like we know what we're yeah. getting with Tallest Man at yeah. this point. You're getting some some good folk music. Yeah. You know and if that's what you're into and looking for at the time, yeah. there's almost nothing better. Well, another thing that's important to note about this album is that I think it's the most he started more and more with each album, but this is the most he's ventured into the band set. Correct. Yep. So, like starting exactly. with his earliest albums, it's just him and a guitar. Yep. Sometimes a harmonica. Some yep. if yep. if that harmonica. sometimes a piano. Um, but starting with this album, uh, songs like "Darkness of the Dream." Yeah, there's some just full, full band. Full band. And yeah. not that I don't like it, but there, I don't know that I like it as much. As, I, as just his one one I, man one guitar sound. I would agree with you on that one. Uh, I will say with tallest man on earth though, this is an artist who might be my most recommended artist to people looking for new music to listen Maybe to. Maybe out of this list, arguably. Uh, uh, no, no. May, uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's definitely up there. I have. I can count just off the top of my head half a dozen people in the past year who have recommended tallest yep. man on earth too. Yep. They always come back. They say, I love this. This is yeah. great. Surprising, given that his voice, I yeah. think, would be polarizing. It doesn't tend to be. I think most people really like Tallest Man. Yeah. No, I, I think so, too. Um, um, I think people have kind of gotten past the, the vocal thing. I, I don't think it's... I, it's not as alienating as we think it shouldn't is. be that big a deal. Um, so, favorite song on this track. I, I have two to pick between. One is Timothy. The other one is actually... You won't expect this. It's Slow Dance. Slow dance, interesting. My favorite's Timothy. Yep. Um, I think that's the de facto pick yep. here, and I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with being part of the the sheeple that picked Timothy yeah. as yep. their favorite song yep. off the new Tallest Man on Earth album. No big deal, but I had Slow Dance, who's on nobody's radar. But Sean picked Slow Dance. Whatever, no big. Which, I mean, which means you know, that, I don't want to toot my own horn. But. No need to toot. I'll toot it for you. Thank which you. means your insight goes beyond the surface level. That's right. You essentially right. understand this album. That's right. Better than probably he does. Oh, without a doubt, better than he does. Right. He just comes out of him. Right. He's a conduit. He, for my genius. For Sean's genius. <laughs> so the so the Sean Howe album, Dark Bird is Home. Uh, 8.57 out of 10. Sung through the conduit of Christian Matson, the tallest man on earth. <laughs> That's coming in next on our countdown. Anything else to say about that one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Timothy's the track really to check out, yeah, probably. Yeah, check out Timothy. Or... or uh, Arguably, Dark Bird is home, or yeah, or Fields of Our Home, yeah, yeah, or Darkness of the Dream, <laughs> or Sagres. <laughs> there's, there's actually, it's probably Sagres. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. I so don't either. From it. I don't either. It's, it's probably S-A- some Swedish S-A-G-R-E-S. word. S a g r e s. Yeah, Sagres. Um, so coming in mm. at number twenty on the countdown is Viet Cong by Viet Cong. Now. Jake and I, this has got an 8.65 out of 10. This album would have been... Jake and I, we have a, this is this is arguably the most polarizing album for us of the year. Well, not, not polarizing album. in the sense that... It's a band that's polarizing. It's the band itself. So, let's let's first just talk about the name. Do, do you care that it's called Viet Cong? I know there's some controversy around that. I, I don't care. 
I get it. I know why it's probably yeah. offensive to some people. It doesn't offend me. I get it, and I know that I was surprised kind of by the members of the band who are sound like they're going to change it. They are. They're, oh, no, they are. They're planning to change they it, are. and so I guess the what's offensive about it is that many people who are v- Vietnamese Americans or, yeah. or, I guess, listeners in Vietnam yep. or fought in the Vietnam War who are Americans, the Viet Cong obviously represents some horrors. Some, yeah, some bad um, shit. Unspeakable. So if you want to talk about horrors, Jake, let's... Let's talk about the concert experience we had. So we, yeah, we drove up to Portland, Maine. Yep, to great see city. Viet Cong perform at Dude, a pretty cool venue. Um, it was cool at the surface because it was just like a very small, intimate setting. We'll leave its name out for two reasons. One, I don't want to dismirch it. Two, I can't. Remember two, I don't remember. Name. I don't remember the name. Yeah, it's a cool little it's venue. It's a cool venue. It looks cool, but it traps However, in sound. It's a big, just cement square. Room. Square. And it seriously traps in sound. They had this, the amps turned to 11. Um, you know, the lead singer of Beach Slang would be happy. A, vinyl, uh, a, a spinal tap yeah, just cranked to 11. Seriously turned to 11. The, so, the hum of the amps yeah. without any music coming through was already too loud. So here's, the, and this is the way I describe it. Um, before we actually get into this album, which I did love, uh, this was a small space, small room, and Viet Cong, with their instruments turned to, like you said, just an insane yep. volume, yep. and then, honestly, an uncomfortable and painful yep. volume. Yeah, Viet Cong's music is like essentially noise. It's like yep. noise rock yep. with some kind of intricate guitar work yep. going on, some sort of weird polyrhythmic stuff going on, yep. some off meter stuff, and that stuff. Like all combined into just a, a mush of sound, and it's yeah. just an impenetrable wall of yep. just volume. Yeah, which I, I it was really off putting. So it was too much, and it was it was so bad that I I personally left the venue and went to the bar across the street because I couldn't take it anymore. I stayed and am and am currently, I only have the use of one ear. It's we joke, but seriously, my hearing I don't think has been the same since, and was definitely no. worse that entire week after. Yeah, I think like I was deafened. For life, or like at least you know, I lost a percentage of hearing that you should never lose in such a condensed period of time. Yeah, it was like we joke about it, but it's seriously really bad, and like seriously, turn it down. All that being said, I don't want to blame Viet Cong for this. No, it's I mean partially it's them cranking it, and oh fuck the audience, who cares? Yeah, let's just whatever. I can't imagine these are guys. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think the venue is kind of a weird, not necessarily musical venue. Agreed. It's Agreed. not. We didn't go see them at like the Wang Theater or some place with amazing acoustics. You're right. Uh, we you know we saw them at at this little Portland in a venue, cement box. little hole in a wall. Yeah. Um, in the wall. Yeah. And so I think the sound had nowhere to go. That being said, this album, uh, yep. despite probably a pretty intense dip because I it, didn't want to listen to it anymore. Same. It, so this would have been higher if we didn't go to that show. That's probably, a fact. Probably That's a, a fact. few spots. That's higher. a fact. Yep. Um, but it didn't end up higher. It ended up at 20 um, with an average score of 8.65. Um, because we can talk a little bit about what we like about it. My favorite thing about this album was that it had that noise rock aesthetic, some really interesting production, sort of uh, almost tinny sounding production, mm. kind of metallic, really industrial sounding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. with some yep. really cool sort of latent melodies in, within yeah they, um, surprisingly good melodies there there's some yeah. really catchy parts to this yeah. uh, for example my favorite song um continental shelf 
you know, ended up being one of the, I, I think, one of the better, like, hard rock songs of the yeah. year. Um, I agree. You know, and that in silhouettes. In silhouettes, though, I think those were the two highlights. Is silhouettes your favorite? Silhouettes is not my favorite. My favorite is oh. this is a we're gonna go back to Sean picking an underground. Yep. This is a, this is where I understand yep. this album much more than everyone else exactly. because I picked the non popular ones. Exactly, it's actually their least listened to song uh-huh. other than Death, which is eleven minutes. Uh, March of Progress, the yep. third track on the album. What I like about this song is that um, first of all, there's like a two minute build of just sort of kind of. I think it's basically one note or chord yeah that yeah. kind of just with a sort of a, a persistent drum beat yep. under it builds up nicely and then there's sort of two other parts um one part where they're uh the vocalist is singing over kind of a really weird off-kilter groove that the band's laying down which then goes into this kind of the best part of the song which is this burst sort of a crescendo um with a, a really high high on the fretboard guitar lick going on um really interesting song ended up being my favorite i didn't pick it to be weird it was my favorite from the time i started listening to it yeah um i think just because it's it's less traditional than the punk more punk sounding songs on here and it's a little more accessible than the more aggressive industrial sounding things on here yeah you're probably right um like newspaper spoons which i love yeah Yeah, because that's the thing is like this album if you remove it from the context of us having seen it, like I really loved it. it like I, going through the, the first three months of the year, this was a top five. Year, this was a top five. It, it was, and it just dipped for me it because dipped. I it, yep. the replay value went so far it down. Did. It went it so did. far down, and I think that is decidedly because of the show, it which is. is unfortunate, which is too bad. But hey, I mean, there's but we supported. There's music. a certain band on here that we're gonna get to that actually had their rating boosted by a live show that we went there to. Sure so we'll, we'll get to that. Won't be long. So coming in at number 19 Did we talk here. about did we talk about the score? Our yes, yeah, we did. We, we did, did favorite songs. Yep. I got I got to get with the program. Yep. <laughs> I'm drinking too much. Really. <laughs> um, so I'm com- crying through the second Coming half. in at number 19 is Depression Sherry by Beach House, mm-hmm. the first of two albums that they released this year in a couple months in a in, in a two month span yeah. and this ended up with an 8.68 average for us um so what do you what do you have to say about depression cherry jake i think so beach house is a band that in our group of friends so i i, I enjoy beach house immensely yep but compared to sean here and compared to a few of our other friends i think i like them a little less that is correct it's it uh, has been proven and it, yep. it's proven in our scores. Yep, the score. This one's very telling. I gave this album an eight point eight six. Hot. Jake gave it an eight point five, which comes out to an eight point six eight for us. All that said, this if you like Beach House, a sort of a spacey, yep. ambient, uh, reverb and synth heavy pop, um, sort of experimental sound. There's no reason you wouldn't like this. No, album. this is. Business as usual yeah. for Beach House. This is a Beach House, Beach House album. Which gets me to what I wanted to say about it, which is why it's a little lower on my list and why it is a little lower in general yep. and not one of my favorite Beach House albums is because, like you said, it's sort of another day at the office for them. Oh, yeah. It's sort yep. of just, it's, it's they're turning they're out great They're putting on their hard hat, yeah. they're grabbing their lunch pail, they they're punching the clock. They are, That's what Beach House which is, is like, doing I right think now. It's exactly how I'd picture Beach House. Very blue collar, SP nine, people. Nine to five. A lot of construction work. Bodymore residents. Yeah. Oh yeah. No wire references on here. No nothing nothing referencing the wire. That's, That's the first one. 
What? Oh, oh, from, from Beach House. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Big letdown. First letdown. I, I, I can't picture a band who embodies the wire less than Beach House does. I, I probably can't either. So anyways, what happened to me was I listened to this album, and my first probably two, three listens, first of all, I was really excited by the single Sparks. I thought yeah. Sparks had a cool yeah. sort of grating, more experimental sound. I thought, okay, we're getting a different side of Beach House. We're yeah. getting something kind of... Uh, maybe less accessible. Some, some distortion from that. Some distortion, maybe something just a little bit less accessible, a little more you got to reach for. And what I felt happened was when I listened to the whole album, I was slightly let down for my first few listens because I felt they kind of tread some water. I yeah. felt they oh, yeah. kind of, yep. the melodies were much the same. Yep. The synth production, the reverb sound, it was all sort of there. And it, it, there's nothing to not like about it. Right. That being said, I mean, the, I can't knock it. I, and I, I am 100% willing to give you that. And I can. I absolutely understand the the knocks on it. However, going back to if you love Beach House, you're going to really enjoy this album, which I did. You are. Um, and to wrap it up on them, my favorite song from it was actually Space Song, yep. which is honestly one of the most beautiful songs they've done, in my opinion. It's up there. It might be my favorite song for the sake of, of debate, of argument. Sparks. Pardon the interruption style, yep. which we will do. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some arguments on here that are imposed by us for the sake of, yep. of controversy. Yep. Um, Sparks, I'll say, is my favorite song. Okay. Space Song Sneaky really is it, though. Cool. Um, not sure. PPP, also up there. Yeah. So, coming in at number 18, as we're, we're moving along here, is uh, Sorority Noise, Joy Departed. This got an 8.75 out of 10. We are trending close to the nines here. We're getting, We're getting up there. This is this J- received above a nine from me. Jake gave it a 9.07. I gave it an 8.43. This is an album that I would not have listened to uh, if it wasn't for A, Jake's recommendation, and B, um, our friend from high school, Cameron. Um, he is the front man of this band, lead singer, uh, writes all the music as well. Um you know, it's kind of a pop, a pop punk uh, type of type of deal here. Pop punk with some emo influence. Yeah, a lot of emo influence. And the yep. thing about this album is, I'm gonna let Jake handle this one. I think he's closest to it. When I, so, uh, I'm trying to think of what to say. And now he's 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 immediately just I his brain asleep. is going to soup. It has. It's all those concussions. A lot of concussions. Concussion. Tell the truth. Concussion out. <laughs> Only in theaters December, on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, a perfect Christmas Day. <laughs> a light and fluffy Christmas movie. Yeah, light and fluffy like the Christmas snow. Exactly. So it's Sorority Noises, Joy Departed, their second album. Yep. I had gotten into Sorority Noise with their previous album, Forgettable. And it, it does bear mentioning that uh, Cam Boucher, the lead singer of the band, was a friend of mine in high school. Yep. Uh, a year below us, um, he graduated, I guess, in 11. We yep. graduated in yep. 2010. Yep. So there's no denying that that was my entry to this. Because I'm not I'm not a punk scenester. I'm not either. Although this year... Is I think scenester I th- a word? Yeah, it is. It I'm is. not a punk scenester. <laughs> I think this year, you and I have gotten way more into... With the help of... with Because of this actually spawned it. There's a lot of albums right. this year. Yep. Bully. Um, Modern Baseball. Bully. You know, bully. Modern baseball. Modern baseball. The world is a beautiful place. The world is a beautiful place. There's a lot of these bands and that, some list, I, that some we discovered out that we ended up yeah exactly that we ended up getting into yep. honestly and I will say because of sorority noise this yep. it re awoke um, something in me 
that I had back when I was like 13 or 14 yep. listening to like some of these pop punk bands like a Taking Back Sunday yep. or My Chemical Romance. Like and those t- those types of bands, they're definitely channeling that vibe. That's what I ended up really, really liking about it. I agree, and I think what it was about this album and the reason it gets so high on my list is that this was more than, honestly, any other album this year, the one where I listened obsessively you did. for a while. You did. You did. You no, did. Kind of nonstop. You did. Um, and again, it's hard. This is we had an interesting discussion when I first was doing was listening to it, and Sean hadn't heard it, and I was I was raving about it, yep. telling him how good it was, and the discussion became, "Well, are you just saying that because we know Cam? Is it just because Cam's a yep. friend?" And I was I would I told him then, and I would stand by the fact that yep. no, that's not the reason at all. Yep. I legitimately really enjoyed this album, and there's I think five or six legitimate pop punk just yeah, like like jams bangers on, on here. here. Um, um, I. Let me ask you this before we go on to our favorite tracks. Yes, it's a great album by itself, even if we didn't know Cam. I would also still really like this yeah, album. No doubt. Does it get a bump in your overall score because you well, know Cam? I think that it's impossible to say accurately, and you can only guess that yes, it does. I'm going to say yes. You can. That's yes. the only... For me, for me, it does. That's the only logical way, like, guess, because... Yeah. There, but there's also really no way to fully know... You know, because no, we can't right. unknow right. him. Yeah, we, we can't yeah, exactly. unmeet him. We yep. happen to know this guy. Yep. Nice gentleman. Very nice. Plays a mean guitar. Yep. Sings a lead vocal meanly. That <laughs> didn't didn't come That's, out. That was okay. Didn't, didn't come out quite right. I think I'm having some like, a cluster headache issue. I've been yeah. having some strokes. Yeah. Favorite songs. Um Okay, so I'm going to avoid the the fall into the trap of being a hipster and picking a okay. an underground one. Okay. If I were to do that, it would be when I see you. So you you just you cheated and you and you said it anyways. That's that's Jake's favorite. He does not get another it's one. It's not to my say. favorite. It's not my favorite well, song. It happens to not be. You can't go back and say, oh, I could say this song. That's I'm going cheating. to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyways because this is, this is half a podcast of my own. Okay. Okay. Really odd phrasing is coming Jake, out of me tonight. Jake's having some I'm trouble. A, I'm not a good thrower of the football <laughs> no. to reference. And, and we talked about this, and I'll tell you what, we Jake. We're going to get back on track, and I'm going to say that my favorite song on this album ultimately is Corrigan. Um, okay. The second track on the album uh, Great pick. comes in after a really nice um, intro song. It's three minutes long. It's longer than Corrigan, so I guess I can't really say it's an intro song. Yep. Lisp, which I can, yep. I think is Lisp. Lisp with a lisp. Yeah. We'll get Cam. We'll have we'll, we'll friend, have to, friend of the podcast. We'll, Cam. Yeah. We'll uh, yep. we'll get him. Long on, time, so. long time listener. Yeah. Um, where <laughs> Corrigan comes in at number two at, on the track list, and yep. I think it just sets this album a perfect tone. Agreed. Perfect guest tone guest vocal from a member of Modern Baseball. I think that's right. Brandon from Modern okay. Baseball. Um, my favorite is using, um, which I think has an awesome chorus and yeah. kind of message. Uh, any great message, kind of about depression. And, Using got and, a lot of internet buzz. Dr- oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah, it got a lot a of great, internet buzz because track. Cam wrote like this open letter. Yeah, exactly. That yep. that came out with the yep. um, release of the single. Yep. That that captured the sort of themes of depression, yep. suicide, substance abuse, and substance abuse, yep. which is the song is all about. It's probably. If we're picking best song on the album, it's using. Yeah. For reasons that have to do with melody and overall feel, my favorite is Corian. Gotcha. But yep. I think I, I respect that pick. Cool. Also check out uh, when I see you, parentheses Timberwolf, for just sneaking in. Yeah, just I get another in. pick on this one, uh, and it's that. Um, so Jake got what three picks? I think I sneaked. And got you three. Got, picks. Yeah, you got three picks. I think I got three picks in the end. Um, okay, so m- moving on, uh, number seventeen overall mm-hmm. this year for us, with an average of eight point eight zero. 
Jake gave it an 8.67. I gave it an 8.93, which uh, ended up in my top 10. Um, it's beach slang, the things we do to find people who feel like us. Um, this is a great album. Awesome album name, just to start out with. <laughs> and cover. And co- just the the whole, and that goes a long way, actually. The the general, the name. The feel. The, the feel, the aesthetic, it goes a long way. So this was an album that I had heard getting a lot of buzz on podcasts, blogs, Twitter, uh, Ian Cohen on Twitter specifically, and then uh, the guys on our, our contemporaries on the uh, Hollywood Prospectus podcast mm-hmm. on Grantland, RIP. Yeah. Um, they were talking about this a couple months before it came out, so there was a lot of buzz for me. When it finally came out, it ended up being fantastic. Jake, I remember telling you, I think it was two listens in, I was like, this might be crazy, but this is a top 10 album of the year for me. And it did ended it, up did being... Did it stay in there? It did. It, it, did. It, it, yep. it ended up being a top 10 album of the year for me. While it's not for me, yep. while, while it isn't, it's still high up on my list. And what I will say is that it would have ended up lower. This is the album we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. The This is the bizarro, <laughs> Viet, bizarro Viet Cong situation. Yep. Especially for me. I don't think it yep. maybe would have altered yours that much. No. But for me, we saw Beach Slang live in Boston at uh, also a small venue, cool little bar. Yeah. Um, at Great Scott. Great Scott in Alston. And their performance was maybe the best single performance I've ever seen. Most impassioned, yep. Yep. most genuine, just fiery, so fun. Going along with the themes of the album, yeah. which, are, which are that it's this the lead singer in this band. The lyrical themes are it's just it's about being genuine and not hiding and, and shaming yourself about the things you legitimately like. Yep. The, the the lyrics on here, and I'll let you weigh in, are are on any other album maybe cringe inducing. Yep. Because they are so they're so forthright. It almost hurts. It's it's a great point. I actually wrote a blog about this um, when I was talking about the need for just being genuine in modern music and the things that he sings about, you know, just being young and drunk and having fun and shouting along to your favorite songs. You're right, Jake, like on other in the hands of other people, it comes across as like you you, you would cringe at it. But in his hands, they become anthems that you can sing along to and also love because you know yeah. we feel those same things with you know the music we listen to. Yeah, um, and it's become really easy to be too cool and to not you know not be genuine and not be passionate about things and roll your eyes instead of shake your fist. Ex- that's exactly right. That's exactly. That's I, I can't really sum it up any better than and, that. And, and the whole live show mirrored these themes what they did was they put their money where their mouth was they have oh 100 because i went in and i was you know i was sold on beach slang but yep. i wasn't sold mm-hmm. on beach slang. Mm-hmm. i i enjoyed the album but i was like okay let's see what this all entails yep. and honestly this is a band to see live if you oh, even God, a little yeah. bit like just hard rock good yep. straightforward punkish hard rock you'll yep. love seeing this band live yep. and it will probably make you want to listen to the album it will Listen to the album first, it maybe, will. but still, yeah. It, yeah. it's it's an enjoyable show regardless, and it's one it's a one of probably few shows I would recommend even if you haven't heard the Agreed. album. Agreed, just to see the band is the most fun I think you'll have at a concert. Yeah, um, I the band had smiles on their faces the whole time. I had smiles on my faces. You had they, multiple smiles. They yeah they they joked around. They had good banter, which is underrated. Yeah. Um, just, they were a little drunk. The, yep, they were a little bit drunk. It was the last night on tour. You know, they went all out. Played a bunch of replacements they, covers. They played a bunch of covers towards the end. They played to like 12.30 in the morning. Bottom line, it was fun. It was great. Beach slang, the things we do to find people who feel like us. One note, and this is what I want to point out, uh, is our favorite song dichotomy here. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing. Yep. So what we found, 
This yeah, this is actually really interesting, and this could be a this whole will come back into play other podcast by itself. It'll come back into play over future podcasts. So the tendency in Sean's music listening and in my music listening, they're much the same. Our tastes are very similar. What we've discovered is that there's one major distinction, which is that I tend to care more about melody and overall vibe melodically yep. of a song. While Sean trends towards the the lyrical, lyrical and maybe more uh, emotional punch, and so not to say that all factors don't matter to both of us because they do, right? right. And there are exceptions that would prove this kind of moot, but I think this our favorite songs on this prove it perfectly. Absolutely. What's your favorite? My favorite is Noisy Heaven, and Noisy Heaven um, is not my favorite. My favorite is the second track, Bad Art and Weirdo Ideas, and so the reason we say that this is a perfect encapsulation of like our ways of listening to music is that bad art and weirdo ideas has a a wordless chorus yeah just sort of a kind of a i guess a vocal just a a wordless vocal melody that carries the chorus uh whereas noisy heaven is filled with sort of it's lyric driven i think it has this pumping i think it has the strongest lyrics on the album actually about about the experience it's yeah it's it's all about him what is it? The night is alive. The, the night is alive. It's loud and I'm drunk. And it's all about uh, it's kissing the mic and singing about us. So it's all about just him up on stage every night, just singing about like these experiences. And in in probably the the lyrical strong strong point of the album. Yep. Whereas I think bad art and weirdo ideas it's, might be the melodic. Hype. It is. It is. So it's. And, it, I think it. You're right. It sums up our our particular tastes perfectly. And so, an album to check out. And we're getting we're getting up here on the list. Yeah, we are. We're up so, we're, we're up to number 16 right now in 8.81 overall, which just beat out Beach Slang for the number 16 spot. Just barely. Jake gave this album a 9.18. I did. I gave it an 8.43. Maybe our biggest difference yet. I think it, I think it is, actually. Yeah, it is. In the um, album's title. The album's title. This is by The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. And the album title is Harmlessness. So, the world is a beautiful place, and I am no longer afraid to die, who I will f- henceforth refer to as the world is a beautiful place, yeah. or the world is, yeah. um, because... Oh, long, long band name. It's, it's basically, I feel like they could have, what this band decided to do is like open a Herman Melville book. Yeah. I have no evidence to back up this right. plan. Don't forgive me. Don't, don't quote him on this. Do forgive me, yeah. and don't quote me. <laughs> I think they, they opened a Nathaniel Hawthorne... Or a Herman Melville, someone who writes like paragraph long sentences. Someone wordy. Someone yeah. wordy took a pin and stuck it in and found a sentence that was yep. ninety. I think it's approximately ninety words long. Yeah, uh, hundred and ten. Hundred ten words long yep. is this band's name. Yep. Um, the album itself also somewhat long, fifty three minutes. Yeah. And this yep. is why I think it ends up being so high on my list. Um, the the world is a beautiful place. On this. Doesn't really waste any time no, on this album. They don't, it's fifty three minutes, which usually can be a, that's a, just above my like comfort area for an album. I like an yep. album, and I think Sean agrees. Like the thirty five to forty five range yep. Yep. is just about perfect. Exactly. Um, you hit forty eight minutes, you're starting to be a little bit too long for my for my liking. Unless you've got a ton to back it up, and I think they did with this album. Uh, yep. Songs like so, what I, I think what I love about this album is that there's lyrically, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it it's in the vein of sort of an emo. But there's some storytelling on here. Big time. January 10th, 2014, being the story of Diana the Hunter. Yep. Uh, I, I think a woman from Mexico yep. who was involved in some sort of sexual abuse yep. and ended up decapitating yep. uh, bus drivers 
Wild Tale, le- Better Left Told by the Band. Yeah, or Wikipedia. Like. Or, or the band. <laughs> and Because there's some cool melodies on there. But but just throughout this the, throughout the track list, there are some just really nice. If you if you want an album that has an emotional and and just big melody punch yeah, yep, to it, yep. Um, this is an album to check out. And, and what's interesting is there's some longer tracks on here, and those are there kind are. of those big melodic choruses and, and yeah. themes that Jake was talking about. They also do a pretty good just like two minute pop punk track. Yep. The word Lisa. It's just a great like little pop punk song. It is, and and then you have a song like Wendover, which which I think has some elements of like Modest Mouse in it. It does, yeah. It with does. like the kind of like the little synth it, melody, yeah. the little poppy yeah. melody. Um, I I just I couldn't get enough of this album. I, I even got into, I went on a run once, and usually yep. I, I listen to playlists when I go on runs because yep. I, I can't usually the slow points on albums trip me up. I listened to this album it in its entirety on a run. Yeah, or or close to. I don't know if I ran fifty three minutes. Yep. Um, so I will just quickly say before we do our favorite tracks, this album got a ton of love from, uh, Ian Cohen, writer for mm-hmm. Pitchfork. It's his album of the year. This really? one, yeah, this one flew under the radar for a lot of people. Other people though, they're super high on it. So, you know, we keep going back to kind of this like pop punk kind of emo ish yeah. sound. There's a few albums on our list that have, have hit on that. Um, if you're interested in that sound, I would I would highly recommend this album. And Jake, what is your what is your favorite song on this? So I think this is another example of there's a best song, but my favorite isn't the best song. Yeah, agreed. My favorite song on this album is the second to last track. I can be afraid of anything. Yeah. Um. So I, what's your favorite? Then I'll say. So what I'm I, say. I I think we would both agree the best song is January 10th. It is the best song on the album. So I was also going to say I can be afraid of anything. Yeah. I'm going to just go contrarian yep. for the sake of argument here ray patera dance is awesome is is the next one after that for me for me wendover's up there too and so what i'll say about i can be afraid of anything um this song is it's over seven minutes long yep um and is kind of just an epic it is it has it is, it is epic. an awesome build with if you're like me, where the thing you're most looking for in music is a huge melodic hook that's going yep. to punch you, yep. like just take you, like sucker punch you, yep. and make you feel Things. actual emotion. Yep. Which is something that we're not really familiar with. Not good at. No. Not good at. No. No. Uh, this song will do it. Um, about halfway through, there's like sort of an instrumental breakdown, and it's better to just listen to it, but there's what, what comes up after that is. Uh, just this this sort of crescendo yeah with an awesome high vocal performance by the lead singer mm-hmm. i i can't recommend this song enough yep. um and what do you want to say about rock and terror dance um basically i i it i i would say it does the same things on a smaller scale mm-hmm. when it it goes into the um uh today we are superheroes tonight we'll just be tired part yes. that's yeah. my favorite part yeah very sing-along worthy um but yeah, I think it kind of does the same things. It does, yeah. And 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 another thing that's interesting about this this album, some awesome drumming yeah, and guitar yeah, playing on yeah. here. Well, really I, it's like a nine-person band, right? It is. There's a ton of Which gives you a band. little leeway. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a little easier to perform with. Yeah, live. yeah, it might. All that being said, I, I couldn't recommend this album enough. Yeah, um, yeah very, very high on Jake's list. Um, um, so yeah, overall, 8.81. Uh, and we've actually reached the top 15 here. An exciting place to be. Um, Rarified air. It is. Take and, a deep breath. And 15 on our list is 
Courtney Barnett. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. It got an 8.84 out of 10. Jake gave it an 8.86. Sean gave it an 8.82. Nice close average. Pretty much dead on. We essentially both gave it an 8.8. Yep. Um, Let me just say, this was one of those early in the year albums Mm -hmm. that was very strong and gave us a sense that 2015 was going to be very, very good. This was in amongst that cohort. Also, I want to say that this is another awesome album title. Yeah. This is the equivalent. So what they did was... um, and this is not verified, but I have a I have a source. Okay, okay. Courtney Barnett is in close with the world's a beautiful place. What they right. did was they they were gathered together at a, at a, a, a lot of Hawthorns and yeah. Melvilles. What they did was they got to an undisclosed location, secret underground, possibly Illuminati. Oh, definitely. There's there are secret organizations involved. Yeah, and I have it on good authority. Yeah, that they together took a Melville book. And a Hawthorne book. And and neither of these sentences really sound particularly like the authors, which is (laughs) the weirdest thing. But what they did was they took a book, blindfolded one another, (laughs) did a blood pact, and then stuck a pin in a sentence. And this is that's what Courtney Barnett's album title is here. It is. Great, great nugget there from from Jake. This is why you do some research beforehand. <laughs> it is. You're it, caught with your pants. Uh, yeah, I am. I, I got egg on my face. You do. What I will say is, this album featured two of the best songs of the year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and that is "Depressed" and "Pedestrian at Best." Yep. Uh, "Pedestrian at Best" was actually my second favorite overall of the year. Um, really, so. Favorite song, Pedestrian at Best. Mine too. And I'm going to second that. I think we'll, we'll kind of cut this one short just because yeah. there's not a ton else to say about it. Just listen to Pedestrian at Best. Yep. You'll get the vibe of the album. And if you like Pedestrian at Best, you'll probably like the rest of the album. You will definitely like the album. And one note I want to make about, about the album, though, is that Elevator Operator, misleading intro track, misleading it sound. It is, actually. That's a great point. It's, it's a misleading way to start the album. Yep. It's this jaunty... It, I right. love it. It's probably you're top right. five on the album for me. Yeah. This, like, jaunty, peppy vibe to yep. it. Um, kind of an upbeat tune yep. with, like, a, a jangly guitar melody um, and, and vocal melody. But then it, it Pedestrian at Best has just the intensity of, like, a punk song. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, it just like good hard rock, yeah. and then Depressin has such it, a cool Kurt Vilish almost yeah, oh, big laid time, back, big cool time, big uh, vibe to it. So I, I think those are those are the stories here: is Depressin, yep. Pedestrian at Best. Check them out. Um, two of the best songs of the year. So coming in at number fourteen, um, and I'm I'm getting excited to get to the top ten here, Jake. So maybe we, I, maybe we speed it up on on these next four. We need to. I need to cool off. Is what I yeah. need to do. I'm getting too excited. Um, so number 14 is Youth Lagoon, Savage Hills Ballroom. Also got an 8.84 out of 10. Jake gave it a solid 9. I gave it an 8.68. The interesting thing about this here, Jake, is this before is this album about. came out... And still. And still, I'm the bigger Youth Lagoon fan. No doubt. However, you like this album more than I do. And I think if we adjust for inflation... You still like it more than I me. like it more than you. Not as much as the number might no. seem. I like. I think I do like it more than you, you and do. I think that's because I'm more willing to forgive the kind of heavy-handedness of the song again. Yeah, so it's a, okay, it's a short album to begin with. It's, it's around, what, like 34, 35 minutes? I will get an exact number for you. And there's and there's a couple instrumentals in there, too. So that, that, there sh- that puts a lot more... Which, which for melody and vibe oh, guy... Oh, hell yeah. I'm probably but, all yeah. over. 
So, you know, it puts a lot more pressure on the eight other songs yes, because that are lyric songs. You're right. And one of them being Again, which is my least favorite on the album, and ends up being a really, I think, heavy-handed commentary on the state of our digital lives in 2015. I think it's a concept worth exploring. I think the way he does it on this album is a little too much. Might be a little over the top. Um, my favorite songs on here, though, my favorite song is Highway Patrol Stun Gun. Also my favorite. Um, really a nice slow burn builder. Yes. Um, you, yeah, it, you know, we'll go back to what we said about at The World Is and just getting to a place where it builds to yeah. a, a melody that kind of just grabs you. This is the... This is like the piano kind of like equivalent, perhaps. indie rock equivalent um, of that. And given uh, how much I love horns and how much I know Sean loves yep. horns, I think the Knower is my second favorite song. Yep. Another the I'll, first single. My yeah, the first single. I'll give you that. It's up there for me. My my second favorite is uh, Carrie. Carrie should is maybe my yep. third. Yep. But but the Knower has some just really out of character instrumentation on yeah, here. It does. Which. I think it first took some people back. Maybe some people are still reeling from this and yeah. haven't given this album as much yeah, of a listen as it true. deserves. True. But but I personally putting all of my uh, pre you know the the notions I came in with just was able to I, I think I just love this song on its own. Yep. Not even taking into consideration what Youth Lagoon's all about. Yep. From from previous true. albums. Yep. Um, and, and I just think the horns on it are so just the the pep they bring. It's just energy. It's a different. It's a different yeah, vibe. Different vibe. And I, I think it works. Honestly, great. you know. Polarizing song. Uh, po- polarizing song? Maybe a polarizing album, too. As it is. F- you know, look, this still made it to number 14 on our list. Yeah. You know, it's still got an 8.84. Still a great album. Still worth checking out. Uh, moving on, number 13 here. This guy, I think, won 2015. He owned 2015. This is Drake. If you're reading this, it's too late. 8.84 overall. Jake gave it an 8.54. The first nine here from Sean, a 9.14. I love Drake. Sean loves Drake. I like Drake. Yep. Have no problems with Drake. Like him less than than some Drake lovers. You do. And I appreciate, though, that although you don't, you're not as high on Drake, you still enjoyed this album. Of course still I gave did. it a good score. I enjoyed his previous works, too. Yep. I just think that, like, yep. with Drake, there's a, he's so ubiquitous in culture. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's such a, he's everywhere. He is. There's there's almost really nothing that like new for me to bring to the table right. or for me to like get out of it necessarily. I, I think that's yep. where I end up feeling a little little bit alienated. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, and I think I mean we talked about this a little bit earlier. I get to a place with Drake where I just end up listening over and over and over again. Yep. These songs worm their way into my brain. In like you, we were saying earlier, there's we just these about little there's like these little like melodies or like phrases that he throws in like running through the six with my woes like dude that became a cultural phenomenon it became it was a twitter thing like it was all over the internet like that's just something else that i think drake brings to the table above and beyond the music itself because what drake does is he infuses like his rap which has which and first of all his 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 just general abilities as a rapper i feel are pretty pretty strong they're they're very good he's got good flow he's got good flow he can do it he can like go slow he can really yep. bring the fire when he has to yep um but i think what has been his calling card and what keeps him just 
maybe I think he was the most popular artist on Spotify he this was. year. Yeah. I think with that it's the little melodies, yep. the little like just the he sort of he writes like these vocal rap riffs. Yes. Yep. Running through the six of my woes is one. Um what hotline bling. Yep. The little melody. Yep. Da, da, do, 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 do. Like yep. that, it, it's so yep. like you can't get it out of your you head, you and you just it, you, and so what he does is like there's substance there. The production's cool, has that OVO sound. Yep. That like that cool sort of downbeat. Yep. Depression kind of. It's vibe. dark. It's got a dark sludgy vibe a to it. Dark, almost. a dark vibe, which is now being much copied by Yo, people. And then and it's he, everywhere and, now. And Drake comes in with some awesome flow. Yeah. Some cool lyrics, memorable lyrics, and and hooks. He writes hooks, hooks. as a rapper. That's that is. What makes him so huge? Because and on this album, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And let me ask you this, Jake. What? So I, I think one of the underrated aspects of Drake is his actual singing ability. Oh yeah. His songs where he's just singing are some of my favorite on the album. For example, Jungle and Now yeah. and Forever. Yeah. Those are just basically R and B songs. Yeah, that's true. And they're fantastic. Well, we so, knew about this coming in. I mean, like you look back to one of his oh, most popular. Hold on, we're going home. Yeah, in, in Marvin's room. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. like he's been showing this throughout. And I will ask you this: If you had to pick, rap Drake mm-hmm. or singing Drake, you can only have one. Who do you go with? Uh, and you gave me from the beginning of the podcast to think about yep. this, and I forgot to think about it. Well, I haven't yeah. given it a thought, but here I'm gonna I'm gonna just answer off the cuff and say <coughs> rap Drake. Yeah, I'm gonna say rap Drake because well, I think he has a nice voice and he, he good singer. I mean, by any measure, solid singer. I think I mean his calling cards, his rap, and he. I yeah. think and when and when you have like think back to uh, Poetic Justice yep. off Kendrick Lamar's first album. Yep. We'll discuss Kendrick later. Yes, we will. Um, in some capacity or another. Yep. Um, Drake steals the song. Yeah. And it's because he's he's just flames. He's just as a yeah. rapper, he yep. like really brings it and his flow and like his play on words, his ability to twist a phrase. I I think it's it's maybe second to none and he commands attention. He There's does. a reason why people bring him to do guest verses on their songs. There's yep. a reason why Meek Mill in future these kind of, you know, s- s- second middling. level middling rappers are bringing Middling's heavy... a rap word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Rappers are always dropping middling. Exactly. To... That's why they're bringing a heavy hitter like Drake on because they know it gives them cachet. They know that people are going to want to listen to this song because Drake is on it. And and challenge to Drake, who is a longtime listener, write a song called Middling. Yeah. Include us wrong, Drake. In, include Drizzy, and and make it a diss track about and, us, about us, and about then, white boys like us, and then go back to back on that diss track, <laughs> and give us another that's even better and more popular. Um, um, so and yeah, that's not even getting into the album. That, well, I mean, like, I mean, we didn't even get into the Meek Mill beef. We didn't even get it. No. We, that's a whole podcast. That's a whole. Own. Honestly, that's, that's a serial season of podcasts. We could we could have a Drake dedicated pod in the future, um, just kind of recapping his year yeah. and like w- what he means to culture right now. But before we move on, Jake, what is your what was your favorite uh, from this album? Favorite song? My favorite song on. If you're reading this, it's too late. Yep. Is Energy. Energy. Um, Energy has yep. my favorite overall just, like, hook. Again, yep. it's the, the the rhyme, the I Got Enemies, yep. that whole thing. Yep. It's so memorable. It's so catchy. It, and it, it, it just, it's remained my favorite. Uh, and it's a great way to kind of yep. start the album after Legend. It is. It is. And so for me, um, obviously, Energy was up there. Um However, if we're going favorite like rap song on it, it's No Talent for me. Mm, and no I'm cheating here. I'm pulling a Jake. 
if we're going singing, it's now and forever. There you go. So that's that's the uh, that's the word there. I think he took nine it's, favorites it's on his album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight point eight four out of ten. Moving on, number twelve. Eight point eight eight out of ten. Jake gave it an eight point seven one. I gave it a nine point oh four. This is Beach House. Thank your lucky stars. The second album that they released this year, and I, you know what, Jake? I think I can sum up our entire point here. Do it up. Take everything we said with about Depression Cherry, about how it's the Beach House sound. Yeah. It's that with this, except they just do it a little bit better. A little bit better and a little more, I think, interestingly. Yeah. Interestingly is a long adverb. Yeah, it is. I just dropped it. It is. That's and not it is. coming out of Drake's mouth. It might. Another challenge to Drake. It is. Put, Drake. That, in, put that into uh, um, middling. What we want is a two-song middling EP. Yep. You know what? It interestingly, can be the back-to-back. Yeah, it can well, be the we, second yeah, diss track yeah, against exactly, us. Exactly. This is about Beach House, though. Yes. We've lost track. We we we. <laughs> That's Drake owning 2015. He now. is. He is. And That's now him pushing. I've got to be the shepherd here <laughs> and reel us back in. I think what this album, Think You Lucky Stars, did in a way that I don't feel Depression Cherry accomplished. Um, I don't know if that was a full sentence. Uh, I think this album has a little bit more. It just got a little more atmosphere. It, yeah. It's a little bit more sparse. Yep. The instrumentation, you feel a little bit more just like uh, stripped down. Yep. Some more like open sounding guitars, sort of undis- a little bit less of the washed out vibe yep. on here. Agreed. And, you know, really, I don't I don't know that there's anything we can really add. You know, it's Beach House. Yeah, they do what they Beach do House. well. It's just they're doing it better than they did on Depression Sherry. Yep. Um, favorite song from you on Thank Your Lucky Stars? Favorite song from me... I'm going to go with, you know what, just to be out of the box, I'm going to go Elegy to the Void. Dude, that, I, okay, I, I think that is the consensus best song on this album, actually. Got a best new track from Pitchfork. Um, I've seen a lot of love for She's So Lovely. She's So Lovely as well. I'll give you my favorite. It's, it's All Your Yes. All Your Yes is great. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, if you like the Beach House sound, obviously check that out. Let me jump in with the next one. Sure. So at number 11... We're at 11. Number 11 on our top 25 consensus albums of the year. Yep. Score of 8.89, just edging Beach House. Yep. Here. Just edging Beach House's uh, superior release. I'm building the tension on this one. We're <laughs> I getting, can feel we're it. Get, I can feel it. I, it's it's going to pop tantric. when I say Florence and the Machine. How big, how blue, how beautiful. So this one... Uh, honestly, a surprise that it ended up this high. It is a surprise for, for I think both of us. So coming into this year, I was already I, had a reason I was already a pretty big Florence guy. I loved Ceremonials, her previous album. Um, you know, I always thought she deserved a little bit more credit for the stuff she's putting out. And Jake, I know you kind of were a late comer to this album this year. I was a well, I was a late comer to this album. So my story with Florence is. Got into her when she dropped with that album that got huge. Lungs, oh, lungs, yeah. With yep. with dog days are over and yep. all that. Like yep. got way in. I well not way in. I really liked that song. Yeah. Listened to the album a few times. Never fell in love with her overall sound yep. or like songwriting. I feel like this album though. What happened? And I think I know why this is sneaky high. It's it's higher than it seems like it should be, or than either of us thought it might be. Yep. Is because I think you felt the same way. 
there's there's really no knock you can have on this album. It's no. just it's 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 a lean forty eight minutes right outside our 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 zone of it of doesn't perfect feel night. long. It doesn't all. feel long, and the reason is because the songwriting on here is great. It's the vocal performances are awesome. Yeah. The production, the instrumentation is is oh, top notch. Hooks on top of hooks, and 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 Florence has a huge voice. It's, only Adele, I think, has a better or bigger voice yeah, in, right now in pop. Yeah, right now, and you know, there's so many good songs on this album, to, to, like more to even more than we can even yeah. talk about here. But you're right. Hook after hook, melody yeah. after melody, great songwriting. And it overall. sneaks up on you. It is does because you're, you're listening, you're and you're waiting to find a fault with it. Yeah, and it never comes. Right. You're just like, this is great. So I, I was. This is, I think, of all the albums, one I was for some reason. And it's not fair to even say, but I was least excited yeah. for it. Be, yeah, and it just came in and and actually kind of blew me away. It, I, yeah. I really enjoyed everything on it. Yeah. I'll say my favorite track now, Third Eye. Also mine, and I'm not even gonna do a contrarian no. other pick because it's Third Eye. Third Eye is my favorite song on here. The chorus is 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 explosive. It is explosive. Cool, just feeling to it too. It like is. I, the harmonies. Is, this is one of those songs where I listen to it and I feel things. Yeah, she's and I, that's all you can ask for. When she's harmonizing with herself. Yeah. Yep. Uh, through the magic of tracking. Yep. Um, Big time, and and just the harmonies that that she's writing on this album, and particularly on songs like Third Eye, are it, it, it's great. Yep. And the, just again, it's the production, it's the songwriting, it's her voice, yep. it's the consistency. It is. It's 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 crazy consistent. Um. Yeah. So that's coming in at number eleven. So high entry. Jake, we are coming into we're, we're into the top ten now. I'm gonna let you take number ten, okay? Because I know this one, this was a near and dear album to your. I loved it too. Yep. You you were very very high on it. What do we got at number? So 10? at number ten overall for um, our 2015 album rankings, we have Modern Baseball with the uh, the sort of strangely titled yep. Mobo Presents the Perfect Cast EP. Yep. Not sure what to make of that album title. So Mobo, not a Hawthorne. Mo- Mobo's their like Mobo's like their their branding kind of merch. Yeah. Um. You know, name. Right. Um. Which is cool. I, you know. Look. This is this is an EP. It is. This is a what a five six song EP. Which is probably the only reason it wasn't higher. The fact that it's so yeah. short. Five six song EP. At number ten overall. And and I think the reason. And, and what did we give this, Jake? We gave it. Overall, an eight point eight nine. Yep. You gave it a nine point zero seven. I gave it an eight point seven one. 
these are really, really high scores for a six song EP. They're probably they're arguably too high, but I think this album it it, it just proves I think that shows how good this album is. It's like it, yep. is you so for six songs only sixteen minutes. Uh, quick. It's brief and it's because there's no wasted song. No. There's no wasted performance. No. There's no wasted lyric on here. No. I I love I love this and I think but and what this album has that so many longer ones don't have is I was able to replay it ad nauseum just insane Dude, amount I of times twice the other day it's just it's so listenable yeah it is you can fit it in I can fit it in the whole thing on a run on just like yeah. a quick run yeah exactly or like exactly. you know doing whatever you can finish it in any gap like we both are working stiffs yeah who work desk jobs yeah and so if I have twenty five minutes until a meeting a soul crushing meeting yeah. Where you're praying that whoever is with is canceling. Yeah, I'm praying for a cancellation. Yeah. Cancellations are the best thing in the world. Yeah. I pop on this album. It's over with minutes to spare. Exactly. And the thing I love about this is it takes everything that we already talked about with Sorority Noise, World's a Beautiful Place, all these pop punk slash emo bands. It takes what they're doing and it does it better, honestly. You it, think so, yeah. It has the catchy as fuck chorus is yeah, yeah the message is great you know it's got emotional lyrics that resonate really really yeah. well it's it has a lot of the same themes that cam talks about in sorry mm-hmm. noise substance abuse depression you know all of those things everything about it is just really well done it is and the the vocalists in this band um perfect voices it's honestly it's like the perfect pop punk voice it is they both they have something here with with modern baseball that's like They've just captured this perfect emo punk sound. They, and, they have. And, and it's like you said, I think what they do is like the melodies on this aren't as big. They're not as so right. – this is what I'll say. The, the melodies aren't as big and Ooh. just in like in, – in, you know, just enormous as something like The World's a Beautiful right. Place. The message may not be quite as bracing as a sorority noise. It yeah. might not come across as like immediately emotionally vulnerable. But what is in here is – kind of the perfect balance it is between just yep. like just tight melodies yep. really well played and produced and and lyrics that pack a punch when you really listen to it. yes them. they do they um, absolutely do they, they, you know and i think every song on here is is worth listening to you it i is. mean it's, it's, it's 16, 16 minutes, minutes. You, there are pink listen, floyd guys. songs that are double the length. listen um this makes me excited for what's to come in 2016 from them because they They're have full length they have a full length coming uh so to wrap it up jake what was your favorite song on this release you go first all right i'm gonna go first so my favorite was the Waterboy returns which is the the lead single opening track off the album uh it, it kind of it deals the most with uh kind of depression mm-hmm. and mental illness uh really love that song i come back to it constantly it's a top 25 song of the year for me mm-hmm. uh what have you what do you have as your favorite it might Waterboy Returns might be the one that's on my list, and I might have to amend that because I think my real favorite on here is the Trash Particle. Yeah, thrash uh, the particle. Thrash Particle. Yep. Sorry, misread. I, it. I think is, I've been that's, mis- my, that's my second. Favorite, I think I've so. been misreading that as Trash Particle. Really? Since I started listening to this. Wow, that's interesting. And it will forever last in my heart as yeah. the Trash Particle. Yep. In fact, it's no longer my favorite. No, uh, <laughs> but the tra- the the Thrash Particle um, yep. has. Um, a really just a cool vibe and it starts off with a, a drum beat leads it in yep. and then some nice picked guitar and then a green day style false start where the lead vocalist kind of starts in kind of messes up or something you are actually jake not only 
did you I'm thinking have, of and beyond. You, not only did you have the, the wrong So name, the Trash Particle is not my favorite song. <laughs> Neither is the Thrash Particle. The Thrash Particle and the Trash Particle are not my favorite songs. I'm mixing it up with Ellipsis and Beyond. J- dot, did, dot, you, dot. did you actually listen to this album? You caught me. You caught me red-handed. I never once listened. 9.07 my ass. I never once listened. Uh, that's what happens when you listen to a thousand albums in one year. <laughs> Sometimes you forget a couple track names. Uh, and Beyond is my favorite song on this. Okay, okay. All of the things I just said yep. still apply. Okay. Um, nice drum beat intro. <laughs> you got some picked guitar. Green Day style false start. Vocalist realizes he messes up, keeps rolling. Yep, yep. You know, um, really nice feeling. This kind of a country twang. A little bit. Little I bit. bet they're playing a nice bright Telecaster on this. That's I can I'd imagine. I put all I kinds of money that. on that. Yep. Someone with some insider info, let me know. It's it's my favorite song on the album. Uh, probably then, the Waterboy Returns would be second. Great. Um, and then Revenge of the Nameless Ranger. But you didn't ask for three. No, I didn't. That's she. That's you asked for one. I gave you, you basically, four. Basically, you've you've said more than half the album. I you know I I it's gave cheating. you I gave you four. It's cheating, including the trash particle. <laughs> not a song name. Not a song on this. Not the song I thought it was. <laughs> no, uh, Jake is is going cr- off the deep end. I'm crumbling yeah. under the pressure. Bottom line is this was one of my favorites of the year. Yep. This album. Um. And I think Sean one of yours too. And yeah. It, oh, it shows yes. in that it, yep. it. What number did this come in? Ten. Uh, ten overall for us. Ten overall. Ten overall. So number nine, number nine, number nine is a Beatles reference. Yeah. Cheeky. Yeah. Uh, is Panda Bear with the aptly named Panda Bear meets the Grim Reaper. So this got a flat nine average from us. So we've we've gone into true rarefied air, Jake, which yeah. is the nines. Got a nine point zero seven on Jake's. 8.93 on Sean's. If we're adjusting for inflation, I think... It got a 9 from it, probably both of us. It is probably about the same score. Let me start out by saying Panda Bear, obviously a member of Animal Collective, um, the melodies that he packs into not only just a song but an album as a whole mm-hmm. is astounding. Every song has some sort of great melody to it. I, I got way into this song... When, um, when, I got way into this album, sorry, back in January, February when it first came out, during the Patriots playoff Super Bowl run, I will always associate that time and that time of the year with this album, because uh, I actually didn't listen a ton mm-hmm. once I got past that amount of time, but I did recently go back and listen, I was like, this is still fantastic are we ruling out the possibility that an inspired malcolm butler um a big panda bear fan insiders say yeah that that so inspired and emotionally won over by this album was malcolm that he yep. gave a transcendent super bowl performance are we ruling out that possibility uh, not only are we not ruling it out i'm confirming it on the pod right now it happened that's why he listened to boys latin uh at halftime um, and this, he, he went out there and played his ass off in the second These half. are his words, not ours. Be, no, yeah, this isn't me. This isn't me saying this. No. This is Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm so, got into Panda Bear when he was at um, whatever school he went to. Uh, like Western yeah. Alabama, I think is where he went. But this isn't the sports podcast. No, 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 it's not. This is and, a music and podcast. It's a music podcast, and I'm going to talk about music. I'm yep. going to talk about Panda Bear. I'm going to talk yep. about this album. Um, I 
also loved it. Be- and I, I am a latecomer to both Animal Collective, Panda Bear's yep. um, band, yep. and Panda Bear. Um, I was won over near the end of last year by Panda Bear's album, Person Pitch. Person Pitch. Person is Pitch, which is... 15 of all time for me. An unbelievable album of just atmosphere, melody, an interesting Sounds. Sean pick for because of its high melodic quality. It's true. Um, true. Just, it is, it's just, it's like if, if you want to just be washed over by sounds and melodies yep. and just vibes overall. Yep. That's a great a lot one. Of vibes. Vibes is the perfect way to describe a, yeah. not only person pitch, but every Panda Bear song yeah. in general. Right. Good, good vibes, good vibrations. This is, this is a hashtag vibes type of thing. Like if you're some like stoner who's yeah. like, yo dude, mad vibes, that's Panda Bear. Okay? <laughs> and, 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 and word on the street is that that is already a trending. I'm getting an update right now. My phone just exploded. <laughs> Hashtag mad vibes. Despite the fact that not only is this not live, this will probably be heard by no one. Almost no. Dude, okay, if anyone's sticking around till this time on the podcast, God bless you. You're an insane person, yep. A. And then come join us. Because clearly, Seriously, you we have need a you. love and passion for music. You're like the type do. of person we need on here. <laughs> yeah. Because you can help me keep track of uh, track names. Yeah, Jig needs Like it. the trash particle. <laughs> I think this this podcast should be called the it's, Trash. It's named the Trash Particle because it's trash. It's the Trash Particle Music Podcast <laughs> yeah. with 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 John and 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 Sam because I can't remember words. Anyways, Panda Bear um, favorite favorite song on Panda Bear. Real quick note about Panda Bear: got into this album on probably the apex of my high of Panda Bear. Mm. Like, and I think maybe throughout the year, unfairly dropped. I, my my initial ranking, I draw, I had it lower, and then when we had to re-rank the albums for an undisclosed reason, boosted I boosted up. it back up. Yep. And I think my favorite song on the album, God, this is this is an interesting one. Now, now and in full, this one's tough. I, full I, disclosure, this is an album like some of them have been, but especially this one, where the song's titles are kind of blurring for me. They are. They do for me as well. But to I, be honest with I, you. I think I remember, and this won't betray me. In saying that Tropic of Cancer is my favorite song? That's... Yes. I think that's my favorite that's, track. I, I, this will be a one where I go contrarian here, because Tropic of Cancer is my favorite song, too. Okay, so we've got two favorites, just to be clear. Yes. We two favorites great. on this one. I gotta give it up for Mr. Noah. Yeah. It's the single. It was on that EP that came out before this. It's a great, just kind of pop panda bear song it's probably a classic example of best song versus our favorite exactly. maybe or like yep. the most appealing yep. song um all right so we are coming in at number eight jake and i will let you intro this one since you were very high on this album i will i was too but i will intro this album so at number eight on our consensus list we have julia holder's new album mm-hmm. have you in my wilderness yep another cool album title really cool maybe we just like album titles I think that might be... We should have I an album title. We should it. cancel this podcast and just talk about titles. We will do that in the future. All that being said, uh, Julia Holter is an artist who... I, I mean, to be honest, I hadn't listened to a lot before yep. this album. Um, I had given her one of her older albums, Ecstasis, a couple listens a few years ago. Yep. I listened a little bit at the end of last year to Loud City Song, yep. her um, second most recent release. And when this came out, I was I was in the right mood. I was excited for some Julia Holter. I was yep. pumped up. Yeah. And it didn't let me down at all. Um, just on the it, some just nice airy ambient vocals. Um, really sort of uh, what's the word? Just uh, 
varied instrumentation. Yeah, yep, um, yep. Really, like, clearly, Julia is a talented songwriter. Very talented. And composer. Great pop sensibility yeah. on here, too. So let me... I, I'm For people who don't listen to this type of music or really had any background on Julia Holter, like myself, mm-hmm. you're going to listen to this album and the first two, three times, you're going to be like, yeah, there's some stuff I like, not loving it. Keep listening because this just, the returns you get from this are huge. I seriously had to listen to this album, I think, ten times before I really got it. And then it finally hit me. And I was like, okay, this is great. Uh, so Jake gave this a 9.18. I gave it an 8.82. And I'm going to quote Sean really quick here. Yep. Uh, when we were both getting into this album, Sean texted me with something that changed my life for the better. No, but in, in all seriousness, I it actually captured this album really well. Um, and what you did, I don't know if you remember, but you texted me and you said, I really just enjoy, like, being, you said, I think you said that I enjoy just like being a part of the album and yeah. having it just be like just listen to it and just, like experience it this, and just be around the experience that is the this album. This is you're right. I forgot I said that actually. This is the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. It's the experience of it. It's just being in the album yeah. and living in the album yeah. because there's these little things on every song that you like you just you can't get enough of. You're right. Experience is the perfect way to. It's so like atmospheric, and there's so many little eccentricities about the instrumentation. Um, Going to favorite songs. Yeah, favorite song. My favorite song is "Sea Calls Me Home." It's the fifth track, the centerpiece on the album, on a ten-track album. Yep. Um, I think it's the best uh, encapsulation of of just pure melody, some nice songwriting, a good vocal performance, interesting production. I think it, it has all of that. Yeah, it does. It, it's my yep. favorite song on the album. My favorite is Betsy on the Roof. Uh, I think the melody she's laying down there and what mm-hmm. she's doing uh, in terms of just songwriting yeah. is is great. Uh, that's that's the highlight for me. Worth um, listening to. Definitely, definitely check that out. Like I said, it might be a challenge. It might take a little bit of time but it's worth it i think that goes for some other albums we've talked about too. i do too and, and i think that one may be the most and to be and to be fair we'll get to it some more that will be we that's yeah i can see one in particular yeah. that is just maybe more so than Julie well and, and the thing is 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 that we don't say this to sound in any way pretentious no no no. it's no, just no. the fact that like that it, it might not be the most immediately accessible right. it's just the point right i think we're trying right. to make um, all right, so coming in at number seven on the list, we are getting into the home stretch here. Is Jamie XX in color got a nine point two zero average score for us? Jake gave it a nine point one four. I gave it a nine point two five. First of all, awesome album color uh, cover color Freudian slip there because it is just a spectrum of the rainbow, and it's called in color. And it's called in color. Uh, Beautiful you know album cover. I I think the cover. And the title reflect the lush sounds that you yep. find on this album really, really well. They do. The production here uh, by by Jamie XX is, I think, maybe unparalleled on any album of this year. Yeah. And- um, but his pop sensibilities and melodies as well, on top of that production, put it to like another level. They do. And, and I think what it comes down to is that Jamie XX has um, a, t- a totally signature sound. Oh yes, he has yes. he has a, yep. a sound of his own because even if you're a fan of electronic music, of producer music, of like just dance, basically just instrumental, which this album is not only no, um, of, but of of really producers. Yep. 
this offers you something new. It's definitely not in lockstep with what's going on in that genre no, at all. No, no. And, and I think the prominent instrument that's being featured is the steel drum. Yes. That gives it, like, yep. th- it just... The steel drum this on, sort of off- on OVS. Yeah, is crazy. He's on another level. And it's the same if anyone has heard uh, Far Nearer, yep. uh, his previous single, I think from, like, 2009. Yeah. Same, same type of sound to that. Uh, but... You're right. And the spoken words, like the the recorded clips of like just of like usually British people saying just cool sounding stuff. Yeah. Yes. Just cool sounding shit they're saying. And in that in conjunction with the overall production and just his kind of his idiosyncratic style. Yeah. It's totally very unique. And I think you bring up a great point about it not being in lockstep with what's happening in in produced or in electronic music right now. And that's actually one of the reasons why I like it so much. Exactly. It's electron it's it's pop electronic music for people who don't really like electronic music yeah you can listen to jamie xx and it kind of gets your feet wet with electronic music like if you're someone who has been standoffish to the genre listen to jamie xx get a feel for what he's doing and then go back and listen to some of these other ones because that's been kind of what happened to me you know jake you know i never would really listen to any electronic music enter Jamie XX and now I'm going back and I'm listening to some of these other albums and I'm like you know what I actually like what they're doing here and I'm going to come in with uh, hot take number two okay and say that I prefer Jamie XX to his band the oh, XX Jake that's not a hot take that's a freezing cold take because everyone thinks that way well, I will say um, Loud Places on this album the track with Rami yeah. uh, also the a member of the XX is a better XX song than anything the XX has done. That's Everything on this album is better than the XX. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Well, it's it's hot take number two for the podcast, okay. and right. there are, I think there are plenty of dedicated XX fans out You're there. You're probably right. And I, you know what? My phone's already exploding with hate. <laughs> Once again, we're not live. I think we are, and if <laughs> you. Th- don't believe it's a lie. It isn't a lie. That's a, a that's, that's, that's a, a para- jo- that's a George Costanza. It's a, it's a paraphrased quote from George Costanza. Costanza. It's a paraphrasing. Jake's Costanza in this. Um, to to keep things a little more brief, I think that where this album actually falls for me a little bit is when some of those the XX members are on the tracks. I would agree. songs like I would agree. Seesaw, Stranger in a Room. Yeah. Uh, yep. Even Loud Places, I'm not the biggest fan no, of. No, I think Loud Places is a bit overrated for it what is, it, is. it is. I My, the best, okay, I'll just say the best songs for me are Gosh, Girl, Obs. The ones where, honestly, they're just instrumentals. Those, my favorite is a toss-up between, excuse me, is a toss-up between Girl and Obs. Uh, or, and Gosh, to be honest with you. That's the thing, and I don't know which to pick. And I guess I'll pick Gosh. Okay. It's probably... Obs was my favorite when I was getting into this yeah. album. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think it's Gosh. I think it's yeah. the, the yep. best overall track. Yep. It has an awesome build at the end. It with does. With some really it some does. hot synths. It does. Hot like my hot take about exactly. XX. Exactly. Which, and, and the internet reaction to that is going to be just... It's going to be Sean. You better vitriol. get your hard hat on. I know, I know. Because you're going to be... Second hard hat reference of the pod, too. Yeah. Like Beach House, just getting their lunch pail, putting on their hard hat. Yeah. It, it, it must be something about these electronic, sort of just clearly free thinkers yeah. that makes us think about hard hats. Exactly. Makes us want to work exactly. harder and reassess. Um, so coming in at number six is Tame Impala, Currents, 9.31 out of 10. Jake gave it a 9.29. Sean gave it a 9.32. 
dead on with our scores here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you want to talk about instrumentation in production, yeah. you uh, you can't have that conversation in 2015 without talking about Tame Impala. I agree, and I think the sneaky thing Tame Impala did here, um, and really when we talk about Tame Impala, we're talking about Kevin Parker. Kevin Parker. Who, uh, yeah. th- while there is a band, I think they're mostly a touring band. They are. Um, is that... Is that Tame Impala or Parker managed to take the melody, just melody infused, just psych psychedelic pop, rock pop, um, psych rock pop, psych rock pop. It rolls right off the tongue. It does from his previous album and transition. I thought pretty seamlessly to Currents. And what happened though is is the the emphasis is is on synths over guitars yes 100% it is and 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 for, but this is a testament to the songwriting his singing and to the melodies and, yes. and hooks on here Lyrics, I didn't even notice I, I noticed but it was in no way a detriment right to the album no it's not and I will I'll take it a step further Jake and I will say this is his best album to date you think so I, th- I think it is I think it's I know a lot of people would say lonerism mm-hmm. um I I think this is not significantly better, but enough better where it's not a hard choice. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think it's closer for me, and that I don't know which I'd pick. Okay. I think Lonerism ha- had some soup like incredible highlights, and, and I think no, it, it did. As, oh, absolutely. As an album overall, I I listened to it a lot. Yeah. And um and I don't know if I'm willing to say this is better, but I will say that it carries on. The Tame Impala name and mm-hmm. the Tame Impala, like sort of what what that the band and what Kevin Parker has been about, in a great way, and yep. and and because at the heart of of Tame Impala is that this guy is like kind of a world class writer of hooks oh, and melodies. Oh, he's a fantastic song. He's writer. one of our the best musicians in the game at just writing, yeah. just writing melody and writing yeah. hooks. And and I think whether he's backing those up with a more synth sort of sounding production or a more rock band sounding production, it, it's sort of secondary. Yep. To me, yeah, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I I love this album. Uh, favorite track. My favorite track is "Yes, I'm Changing." "Yes, I'm Changing" is um, the fourth track on here. Um, I think it has one of the best sort of uh, verses in the uh, on the whole album. I think of the year. You yeah, could say too. The, yeah, in and you know, lyrically, maybe some themes that i associate with a little oh, bit absolutely. you know changing through absolutely. life absolutely. we're both coming of age we're yep. both young men yep um yep. No, you know, I totally a lot agree. of hormones and a lot of you know just a cocktail <laughs> of confusion in our lives and kevin parker walked me through he got it he got you through it so i would that's my second favorite track my number one track is the less i know the better the groove on this song mm-hmm. is awesome this is yeah. you can dance along to this, you can sing along to it. <laughs> the less I know, the better. Um, it's an awesome song is, and is another great. great melody. Yeah. And if you look through this track list, "Let It Happen," uh, "Yes, I'm Changing," yep. "Eventually," "The Less I Know, the Better," "Disciples," "Cause I'm a Man," uh, "Love Paranoia," "New Person," "Same Old Mistakes." Yeah. Yeah. All those songs have huge, huge melodies. Yeah, they do. And just immediately catchy, immediately yep. memorable. Um, and you know, I've actually seen this album get a little bit of hate on social media, but I, I, I don't. Yeah. It, to me, it's not warranted, and I don't fully understand it. I, I've seen the same. I don't get it. I, it might be a question of just has Tame and Paula become the establishment of indie rock? Right, is that yeah. maybe something? What it is, I don't know. I don't think it's deserved. It's a fantastic album. 
It's number six on our list. Jake, introduce us into our number five. We've reached the top five. Um, number five on our list is the album Divers by Joanna Newsom. So this Take ended away, up. Sean. This ended up with a nine point three one as well. Jake gave it a nine three six. I gave it a nine two five. So the interesting thing about Joanna Newsom, and this is actually what I was referencing earlier with Julia Holter, is this is another seemingly difficult album to get into. Yeah, it's different. She plays the harp, multi instrumentalist. Her vocals are like nothing you've heard since maybe you watched Snow White. But but with like an, a weird grit to it. Yeah. It's this high, yeah, yeah, yeah. shrill, old timey vocal sound, but with with a really soulful yeah. and like throaty grit. Yeah, it, I've never heard a singer really like Joanna Newsom. No. Um, and and to be fair, I've never listened to any of her previous albums. I haven't either, and I think that's an interesting point to make about yeah. this one. Is we don't really have anything to go off of for Joanna here. Yeah. She landed in our top five. She did. That's this album. Maybe one of the most complex of the year, yeah. sound-wise, just listening experience-wise. There's a lot to unpack. The songs are dense. They the lyrics are, are dense. The lyrics are very dense. There's just a lot going on. It, yeah. I, I, I honestly, it's hard to even have a, a quick take on to, this. To, to explain, because what Joanna's doing is like, it, this is not a rock album. This is not, no. by any stretch, It it you could maybe argue There's there are pop elements. Pop. It's poppy. Yeah. It's not a pop album. No. The, Joanna is a harp player, like you said, and so the album is 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 filled with harp, which is obviously not an instrument you hear much right. of, and has a lot of complexities to it. Yep. It. Um. I'm not gonna proclaim that I'm a, a harp expert, <laughs> but given my eye test of the instrument, yep. there are approximately 900 <laughs> strings. Yeah, at least. That's my that's my rough estimate. Yep. Um. And and. You know, again, not an expert, but it sounds like she's a pretty damn good harp player. Oh, I, yeah, I think she's like renowned as a like a prodigy yeah. of, of harp. So there you go. I mean, <laughs> so. so she plays, but but that isn't what sells the album. It's not just no. her and a harp. No, the production here is varied like crazy. There's a ton, the some great instrumentation on yeah, here. There the is. production's great. Yeah, it um, is. It's it. Uh, you know what? Another great album cover. Yeah. Um, which you know counts for a lot. So and is the album title "Divers" like the plural noun for diver, or is it the word "divers" like like diverse, like like mul- so, multiple? Right. So like that old timey word. I remember we were talking about this, and I ended up actually I looked it up, and there still wasn't a good answer. But in the actual song "Divers," yeah. um, she talks about like diving into the ocean. Right. So um, I think it is referring to like in the scuba diving context. So that is interesting because given the old-timey kind of anachronistic yeah, sound yeah. of this album, yeah. my assumption was that it was sort of the old-timey version of, of like the word for like many. For diverse. Yeah, yeah. or diverse. Right. Um, and, and I think what it is about this album is it is an anachronism. It feels like something yeah. out of a different time. It does. And it feels like something out of... I, I don't know. Like I, I don't even really know. How, it sounds. I don't know if it's medieval. I don't know what it sounds like. It is. Like, That's it's, exactly what it is. It's yeah. medieval. And it, it does sound. But medieval. There are lyrical themes on here. From there are songs about cities. Yeah. And, and yep. modernity. And so there's all the anachronism yep. going on. Exactly. Um, it, it's it, it's. I think one of the most interesting listening experiences of the year. And if you're like me, you might not like it on a first listen. No. Yeah. You might not like it on a second listen. Yeah. 
you might like it on a third. Yeah. You might love it by a fifth, sixth, seventh. Yep. And and I, I totally did. And I think the other thing that goes along with the anachronism of this album and the way she kind of bends and morphs and, and trend, like fuses together things that don't necessarily fit is her voice, like you said, has that quality of like like a Snow White. It's like this high floating sort yep. of fluttering vo- yep. voice yep. but there's there's like elements of like delta soul yeah like they come in yeah. at some point to like this rasp and so yep. it's, it's i don't know it, it's it's a, it's a complex listen and interesting it listen. is it, and definitely worth it what is your favorite track on divers this was i think because this album is such a just thoroughly enjoyable start to finish it's, listen it's it was it was pick. one of the hardest to pick it is hard i think i'm gonna go with and i'm gonna butcher it sapacanacan yep Sapaconican, yep. Sapaconican. Yep. Um, I think it's the best encapsulation if you're going to pick one song to show somebody. Yeah. Of of the way that a Joanna Newsom song can have pop elements. Yeah. It can have complex instrumentation and composition, and can turn on a dime and become a different, become song, a different song halfway right. through. I you're think right. this song has everything. So I'm going with leaving the city actually for. Some of those same things, it's if you're picking one song out of context to show someone to maybe get them to listen to this album, it's Leaving the City. Yeah. It's the most accessible. It is the most poppy. Um, it it was a, a Pitchfork Top 100 track of the year. It's one of my favorite tracks of the year. It's one of mine, um, too, on the album. So, yeah, le- Leaving the City for me. Um, and with that, Jake, we move on to number four, which is Art Angels by Grimes. So this got a 9.40 out of 10 for an average. You gave it a 9.43. I gave it a 9.36. Overall, just one of the strongest releases of the year from a just a songwriting titan, yeah. who, uh, uh, Claire Boucher. An emerging pop uh, titan, as you say. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, it's, it's actually sort of long. Right, or there's a lot of songs. There's a lot. There's like 13 songs. There's right? there's 14, songs. 14 songs. I guess I thought it was longer than that. But either way, it's about 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of material here, and and it doesn't feel that long though. It doesn't feel that long because Grimes is writing on another level. Mute, like just production, like the the sounds just, you're uh, hearing on yep. this, and and her voice is a is a it's, it, instrument un- in and of itself. It is. It, 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 it's unbelievable. It's so high. Yeah. She can do so much with it. Yeah, she can. She can distort in a lot of interesting ways. I'm going to compare this one to Florence and the Machine, actually. Okay. Because of how consistent it is throughout. Yeah. And you keep looking for something to detract yeah. and take away from it. It's really not and there. And you can't, you can't find it. It's not there. Every song is just a hook. It is. It's it is. so catchy. It is so catchy. And... Um, and my most recent listen is like the defining listen of it because yep. it was when I realized just how consistent it was because yeah. I had listened a f- definitely a, a number of times, a fair amount of times. And I think I had this idea in my head that, um, that the, it was like great. And there were a lot of good songs on it. Most of them good, but some inconsistent. I listened again and I really couldn't find no. what I was thinking. Yeah. It's really not there. No, it's, There's no, it's not. You know, you look through the track list here and, and pretty much everything is is a potential pop hit. Yeah, it is. And her, it really just, is. The, the, the hooks on here and, and the sort of varied instrumentation, the varied feels. Yeah. You got a song like Scream, which harkens back to some older grimes. Yes. It's just really like intense production sort of yep. screeching. Yeah. But then you have something like... like Art Angels, yeah. The song Art Angels, one word, which which sounds like I, I think I heard 
it might have been the needle drop anthony fantano who compared it to um that madonna song that was popular in the late 90s yeah i can't yeah, remember yeah. the name of it it was that one with the music video where she's like in fr- she's dancing in front of the screen and there's just like the picture of yes. cities behind yep. her yeah, we'll find out the name of that, but but the production on it is like that. It's like just pure pop. Yeah, it's so and it would be and, radio accessible. And this is what I wanted to bring up about Art Angels, uh, the the album, is what Grimes is doing here is she took a step from her last album, Visions, and she built on everything that worked well on that album, and she took it to another level on this one. You're right. She did away with a lot of the kind of more inaccessible sounds the screechiness the screechiness kind of just this dissonant sound which yeah. is you know it can be good it's very interesting it's interesting Visions is a great album Visions I, I'm not knocking Visions no absolutely I'm not. just saying what she's doing on Art Angels takes what she was doing with like Oblivion and Genesis yeah and like ratchets up the pop a little bit more I th- and the result is I think you know arguably the finest pop album of the year I th- yeah I think without a doubt and I and um I think what we're hearing is Grimes is she's just more self-assured. She yep. believes yep. in. I think she is tearing down some walls. I think yep. when you hear that kind of dissonance, you hear some of that less accessible stuff. I think it, it's and this is obviously assuming a lot on my part. Yep. But to me, like when you look at the transition, those songs almost feel like a wall she's putting up. It yeah. almost feels like a protective, yeah. yep. like like less vulnerable version of what we're getting yep. here. Because some of the lyrics on here. Flesh without blood. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't see the light. Uh. What is it? I don't see the light I saw in you before. Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like just yeah. Some, and and that song in general, and a lot of the others. Like, there's some really personal lyrics yeah. on here for that I didn't even really notice because it is so poppy. It is so catchy. I will say, as far as lyrics go, because I usually am a lyrics guy. I I think I I paid attention to lyrics the least on this album. Yeah. I was more just about the vibe, the feel. You know, the melodies, stuff like that. And, you know, um, Grimes, or Claire Boucher herself, has done a lot for, I think, women in the music industry and what people's ideas of women in the music industry are. She's a fantastic producer in her own right. Yeah. Fantastic songwriter, and is just, like, kind of this feminist icon. And she marches to, like, the beat of her own drum. She's not looking to to fit into any trend. No, and I love that about her. Looking to fit into any look. Yep. She does her own thing to just astounding results. And I think we have to... This album bears a comparison here to a couple others that didn't make a top 25. Um, also led by female vocalists, also synth pop albums, yep. which are Purity Ring's new album yep. and Church's new album, yep. which I think... Do you think that if at the beginning of this year I said Grimes will have a new album this year, Church's will have a new album this year, and Purity Ring will have a new album this year, which two would you say... You, you were the most excited. Churches and Purity Ring. I think it was the same for me because I, while I enjoyed Visions, I loved Church's previous album. I loved Purity Ring's last album. I think what Grimes has done here is like no small feat. She really has taken a huge step up. She took what Churches and Purity Ring did, filtered it through her vision, pun intended, and, heavily and and it came out being something better than, I think, all of those albums. Yeah, I think it's the best of... If you were to look at Grimes' catalog, Purity Ring's catalog, Church's catalog... It, and it's not to say that these bands are, or, or you know, these at, like 
artists are all that similar, except that they're female-led vocals you know, more with some synth pop. Yeah, exactly. But but if you took all six of those albums, essentially, this is the best one. Yeah. And it's not even really close. No. no it's not it's that not. close. No, it's not. I think my next favorite would be Purity Ring's first yeah, album. Yeah, probably Purity And then Ring. Church's, then Church's first, first album. Agreed. But, but uh, you know, and I think that just speaks to speaks volumes about how good this album was, because... I think it's easy for us to forget that, like, I wasn't overly excited for this album. I wasn't either. I, I, I went in with lowered expectations, actually, which could have resulted in us liking it better. Like, it, let's right. say we'd gone in with super high expectations. Which actually, been, they probably would have been met. This album's fantastic. It, they would have been met. That's the thing. Yep. Is like, even if we were bigger Grimes fans, yep. I can't see this album letting us down at all. No. Unless, for some reason, what we were way into was the was screaming in the exactly, distance. Exactly, exactly. Which I have no problem with and enjoyed. But, I mean, I'm looking down the track list. I don't even see a song I don't like. No. At all. I mean, I think my least favorite is maybe Scream, which is, it falls into that dissonant sort yep. of, you know, screechy category. It's yep. still a great song. I, w- I would never skip it. So, what what would you say your favorite is? This is this is weird. This is, I think this is a hard one. But my favorite song on this album, believe it or not, is Butterfly. Okay, I can I can see that. Butterfly's a great, great song. Butterfly has a couple really interesting hooks that work really well together. It starts off, and it is interspersed with this just poppy-sounding little guitar melody. Yeah, yeah, It starts yeah. the song yeah, off. It it's does. just, it's it just does. like kind of spunky, yep. poppy yep. guitar melody to start the song off. And then it develops into a whole different thing. And the the chorus on this song is, is huge. And it closes yep. the album out. And that's huge because... I mean, it's a somewhat long album, and you get to Butterfly, and it's a great payoff because yep. it's just another, just two of the. Uh, I think, especially the chorus of this song, is one of the biggest hooks on the whole thing. Yep, I I would agree. Butterfly's a great pick, and I'm I'm kind of gonna go back. So this this is interesting for me because if we're looking at my favorite songs of the year, reality, not the not reality on mm-hmm. this album, the demo. the demo that she came out with back in the summer. Mm-hmm. He's actually my favorite Grimes song that got released this year. Yeah. Uh, and that's including Entropy as well, which she also came out with as a separate single. Also a great song. Also a great song. So the reality demo is actually my favorite Grimes song. Mm-hmm. The reality on this one, while still great, I don't think is as good as that demo. She cleaned up the production in a she, way that I in didn't In a way love. that is to its fault. Yeah. Um, so for me, it comes down to three songs here. And I'm kind of cheating. I don't care. This is our fourth album of the year. We're gonna give them mm-hmm. give them some shine. Flesh without blood, belly of the beat, kill V Mame. That's four, five, six on the album. They're great. A murderer's row of yep. tracks. Yeah. I think, and I'll, I go back and forth on this all the time. I think I have to give the slight edge to kill V Mame. And I'm gonna say that if we're going three, because I'm, I think with these maybe we get three. Yeah. Butterfly is my favorite. Then Flesh Without Blood. Then Art Angels. Yep. Okay. Art Angels is my is my third favorite. I love the production on it. It's so like danceable. It has yep. that that nice little like strummed guitar riff. Yep. I, I honestly, I mean, I can't. There's, just there's keep talking about. I, this I album. can too. There's not enough, especially since it came out recently. I know. I'm still, I know. Like, buzzing on it. There's there's not enough you can say about this album. Um, I'm all in on it. But but to move on, um, Jake, you want to introduce our th- our third album on the list? I do. Wow, um, I gave this one another listen the other day, and it still I, holds up. I gave it a listen last night as I was falling asleep, and it's it 
every time it blows my mind. Yeah, and the the tension building can stop here. Yep. The third album of the year for us is Sufjan Stevens' new album, Carrie and Lowell. Um, when did this come out? This came out back in April, I think. I was going to say, it seems like an early one. April. Um, What's interesting is our top three albums, and it, it, not to spoil too much, it, are all first half of the year albums. They sure are. And, and, and they held up. They did. and But if you if you then expand that to top five, you got Joanna late, Grimes late as, year as album. Half, exactly. and Tame Impala. Exactly. Well, Tame Impala is dead middle. Yep. Um, so Sufjan Stevens, um, an artist whose catalog I've listened to sort of on and off here and there. Yeah. I, I listened to uh, Come On, Feel the Illinois. Yep. A fair amount. Really love that album. I've yep. listened to Age of Odds a fair amount. Really yep. like that album. Um, and so if you know one thing about Sufjan Stevens going into a new Sufjan Stevens album is that you don't know what he's going to be up to. That's, that's correct. Sufjan that's correct. is always doing something wildly different. Yep. And I think that he did that here with an album that captures everything that's great about his uh, sort of lo-fi kind of not lo-fi but but just man and guitar yep. sort of bare bones production yep. acoustic singer songwriter material to a t it's his it's his best of that kind of material S- bare bones production to the extent that on no shade in the shadow of the cross you hear his air conditioner buzzing in the background yeah that's how bare bones he gets with it and it's touches like that yeah. that make this album even more chilling Considering the subject matter is about um, his mother, who recently died, who you know a had a, a, a you know an estranged relationship with, and didn't really know all that well as a person. Yeah, and, uh, and this album is kind of his therapy of getting through that experience and, and kind of being able to let go. And I mean, it couldn't start off with more of just a just a bang. The three albums, the three songs rather, that start off this this album, "Death with Dignity." Starts off with like just the most perfect finger pick guitar. It's exactly what you know you wanted to be getting yep. into. It's exactly yep. what you are getting into. Yep. And he comes in with like the best Sufjan. Yep. Uh what is the lyric that starts it? Um we gotta get this. And I'll edit out this this gap. Cause it's so Sufjan, it's great. Death with dignity. Something Spirit of my something, I can hear you. Oh yeah, spirit of my yeah. What is that? Uh... We gotta because I think it, it it's important. Spirit of my silence, I can hear you. Spirit of but my, I'm si- afraid to be near you. Yeah, yeah. Spirit of my silence, I can hear you, but I'm afraid to be near you. Okay. Yep. So if you're cutting into this and you like Sufjan even a little bit, you're hooked instantly. <laughs> Immediately. Hook instantly. Because you got your finger-picked guitar. You got his high-pitched, sort of just feeble, weak yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. Carrying in an ethereal line like that. Yeah. Vaguely spiritual. Yeah. Vaguely emotional. Vaguely sad. Vaguely yep. hopeful. You, you don't really know what he's getting at, but it hooks you perfectly. And then so you, you get through Death with Dignity. Great song. You move to Should Have Known Better. Great song. Which... I, I, spoiler alert right now, that's my favorite song on this album. Yeah. It's it's a top five song of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Like you said, it's just, it's, it's great song. just, you know, not banger, because they're not bangers, mm-hmm. but they're like, they hit you over the head they're with... soft bangers. Exactly. Which sounds like a kind of a ni- it, niche porn. It does, it does. Like it's, a flaccid... You, you, like you're really into like flaccid, flaccid dicks. Yeah, exactly. A flaccid fetish porn. Yeah. Um... Let us know some other good titles for flaccid fetish porn. <laughs> and then, spoiler alert number two, third song on this album is my favorite. All of yep. me wants all of you. Yep. 
Talk about just a melody, an overall vibe, and some lyrics that just crush you in the in the heartstrings yeah. emotionally. This does it. So you start off with three right off the bat that that are just like you said, it's a murderer's row yep. of great songs. And then moving on, there's just it doesn't really it doesn't let up. There. It doesn't it's, ever it's, let it's up. It's still great. And here's the thing with with Carrie and Lowell. I think any other year that's not 2015, this is the best album of the year. Yeah. It's it, you. It, you can't really make a case against this album. No, because you have one of the most interesting, mysterious yeah. songwriters like of our time yep. coming out with just this stripped down, emotionally open album. Vulnerable. With it's his most vulnerable. It's his most direct. Yep. And but you still get that. Like I said, like it starts off with that lyric, and there's lyrics yep. throughout it where you're like, I don't really know what he's getting at, but I know what he's getting. I yes. get it. Yes. I the, get what he's the lyrics. On this album are haunting. They're, no. they're deeply personal. It's like he's he's peeling the curtain back on things that maybe we shouldn't be be seeing. Exactly. And it's it's that quality, it's that vulnerability about this album that makes it so good. It is. And and just so you 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 have such an emotional connection. to I it. agree, and I think that the production being sparse, being it's to its credit. It's to its credit, and and and. Not only are the lyrics emotionally resonant, not only is the production perfect given the subject matter, the songwriting is, is just on point. And I think he's a great songwriter. He, 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 look, you can do all of these things, but if you don't have the the songwriting chops to back it yeah. up, it doesn't have right. the same effect. And I think this is exactly the album that people wanted from Sufjan yeah. this time around. Age of Ads was bombastic and uh you could make the argument over the top self-serving and over yep. the top i love it i think it's great oh, i, I really love what he's doing with well. the sounds there really Horn, you want to talk about horns <laughs> you know but i think this stripped down kind of back to basic sufjan sound yeah. was perfect for for this release and i think i just want to give since we've already revealed our top song yeah. on the album i kind of want to and we talked about death with dignity yep. a little bit i kind of want to talk about the fourth of july Yep. A little bit, just I, real yeah, quick. I do too. Yeah, because it's like sad song porn. There's, there's, I've never heard a sadder song, and I, I think I know what it's about. I think it's about his mother dying, pretty yeah. much, and and like a, it's a conversation between yeah. them. So it, it, Sufjan has this ability to put you in a frame of mind or to sing about subject matter that is a little bit creepy. And I go back to, I compare the feel of this song, not subject matter, obviously, but the feel to John Wayne Gacy Jr. Yeah, on, on, on Illinois. Illinois yeah. It has that same, like, Creepy, haunting. haunting quality where yeah. you're a little bit afraid, but it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah, and uh, when he sings lyrics like, will you do enough talk, my little hawk, yeah. why do you cry? Like, those lyrics, yeah. he sounds so fragile. Yeah. Like, I want to hug him. Right. Like, that poor guy. Like, what's, and I don't his, know what he went through. And his falsetto is just, like, yeah. it's, uh, it's unreal. And, yeah, he has just a nice, just, like, gentle, just, like, vulnerable and, and aching voice on, on the whole album. So, I think 4th of July might actually be, this might be a case of best song. Yeah. But it's hard for it to be your favorite because it's so yeah. vulnerable and emotional and just, you almost, 
can't keep returning to it unless it's in the context of the album. It's not like an easy listen. It's, it's nothing, no. You're not going to want to put it on. To, like, like if you're just shuffling a, a playlist of yeah. best songs of 2015 and 4th of July comes up, yeah. you're like, ooh, like I don't know. Maybe it's, it's I don't want to listen to this right now. It's a great example of a song that fits so just perfectly in context. Yeah. Like, okay, and, and we've talked a little bit about this. I think we should do a pod about yeah. track listing, track order. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is a perfect six track. <laughs> Yeah, this is a perfect yeah. dead center of the album. Yeah, it is just meaty center. Nails it of the album. Heart of what this album's about. Nails it. It's perfect. And I mean, I feel like we're saying a lot, and there's a lot to be said. Yeah. And so you should yeah. listen to this album. Is the whole agreed. Point. Listen to it. You know, it's spend some time with it. It's fantastic. We're getting into our top two now. I can barely breathe. It's too. The air is too it's, thin. It's too, it's thin air. It's rarefied air, Jake. Sufjan also just he had me emotional. <laughs> yeah, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm reeling right all now. All time low. I'm reeling emotionally, but a but a high because I love his album so much. We're moving on. So coming in at number two is actually my album of the year. Mm-hmm. This is my number one. I gave it a rating of a nine six four. Jake came in not far behind with a nine four six. My number two of the year. His number two. And consensus number two. Yep, and our consensus number two. It comes in with a 955 overall. It's Father John Misty. I love you, Honey Bear. So. First thing to be said. Yeah. Another awesome album title. It is. It is. It's so, like, another, it's hilarious. It's, you know what so it, oh, this, this, this cuts to the core of the album. This album yep. has the best sense of humor and is the most self-aware album of the entire year and in years, I I don't know if I can think of a I, of an album that better I, I encapsulates that. Jake, the, in I have a lot of passion about this album. It's it, it, you know this. It's my album of the year. I've listened countless times. And I think the, this is this is a good example of like of just how passionate one of us can be about an album. Is like. This is my second favorite album of the year. I couldn't have loved it much more than I did. I know. And you somehow love it much, way much more, more. Way more. You somehow love it much, much more. The love that I have for this album and continue to have after every listen astounds even me. This album... <laughs> Scientists don't understand They it. don't. They don't get it. We've written they off can't to NASA. They, they, people, people are running studies on Sean in a tank. Yeah. He has cathodes it, attached to it, his it chest. It sucks. These tests suck. It's been all... We, we, it's been a, now, an emotionally and started, physically trying experience. just before Thanksgiving, right? I did. I did. And they finally came to an end. I got the results yesterday, actually. Inconclusive. Inconclusive. Yeah. Damn them. Let me, let me get back to this, though. Is this album is so much it reflects so much about the way we think Jake and the yeah. way that we view the world yeah it's through this cynical ironic analytical lens yeah. that just sees life for what it is yeah and can be very genuine about it but can also kind of joke about it and be a little bit funny about it it, I, I will sum it up by saying it is such a 2015 album in the way that it just discusses how we as a, as a modern society operate, think, and in, in are. Yep. I, that's why it's my favorite of the year. Here are my notes on this album. Um, I think what you said about it being ironic and being so funny might it, it, it is exactly true, but... I think someone could hear that and say, sounds like any hipster douchebag yep. who can pick up a guitar yep. and make some just half-baked 
two cents commentary. Yep. What Father John Misty's doing on this album is way beyond that because yeah. Father John is a guy who he is like it's the third level because there's you got people who take things at face value yeah. and accept life. Then you have people who just who kind of blindly poo-poo everything yes. anyone does yes. and are just ironic and meh, yep. frowning all the time. Yep. You know, wearing winter hats and in the too, in the summer. Too cool for school. Yeah, at, shit. always yeah. at a coffee shop writing screenplays, yes. hate everything, yes. but have no real voice. Right. Father John's a guy who really gets life. He, he gets really understands. He sees it through a lens of like he understands why things are happening. Yep. He understands what's disgusting about it, but he also understands what's disgusting about the people who find it disgusting. Yes, yes. He's it, it's he's incredibly interesting to listen to, and the production on the album is great too because instrumentally, it's this kind of like I, I don't know how to compare it to to something, but it it has a vibe of like a. I don't know, like a Dylan at Highway 61 It does. And, like and everything but the kitchen sink. Type, yes. Just good old rock album. And let me, the what, two great points there. Production, one, and then the second one you were saying about makes fun of people who, who make, fun of people. make fun of people. And I don't think anything encapsulates either of those points better than the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment. Yeah. One is kind of that production instrumentation. When that song starts, there's like this little bell. Like this, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, it's, and then the guitar comes in. Oh, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it's like this little, like, yeah. yeah. And then the subject matter on that song, he he is just tearing apart this kind of... Fake. Fake, vapid, but, like, at the same time, know-it-all yeah. girl. She's like a Patrick Bateman. It, it's... But it goes, it goes past that because he's realizing, I'm tearing this person down but at the same time i can't get my dick hard enough to have sex with her right and i'm a piece of shit too we're doing drugs together and yeah. like that's he gets that yeah i might be coming from a place of holier than thou um whatever you want to call it but at the same time i'm really no better than you because we're both we're yeah. hoovering all my drugs together yeah. yeah and we're trying to have sex i have a couple lyrics that i think capture the the two elements that you mentioned that that so you said that this album is at at both at different times both genuine and incredibly sarcastic and so like i can't remember exactly which song it is um he he has a lyric where he says um he's talking about how this girl the woman he's with knows everything about her and he says yep. kissing my brother in my dreams yes yep. which is like you know that's a very intimate yeah like overly intimate lyric yeah it's very genuine that's right up front that's not sarcastic he's right. saying like this person knows everything about me right and then he has a lyric like um and i think it's uh it is in the night josh Tillman came to our apartment um i think where he's saying the um that he's singing along with the, the yeah. two women and one yes. of them says uh that she sounds just like sarah vaughn yes and he says i hate that soulful affectation white girls put on why don't you move to the delta yeah which yep. is just it's hilarious it is. it's so it funny is. it's like punch it, there's like a punchline there it, it is i know it's it, like stand-up comedy it almost. is it is and he's he's just saying it so straight-faced and he knows exactly what he's doing with this it's this balancing act he's got going and, and i love it and i i want to move towards the the end of the album because what yeah. he starts to do at the end of the album is like okay i've done i've done kind of the ironic like you know analysis of the world i'm gonna let you into my life even a little yeah, bit more with really board in the usa yeah you know the line about keep my prescriptions filled yeah. now i can't get off but i can kind of deal with this 
like you know that's a very relatable line and is one but that is like really vulnerable. very vulnerable and yeah. personal and then you know the next song holy shit which is all about like what his view of love in yeah. the 21st century in 2015 is and what it means and then he caps off the album with one that finally really hit me yeah. on the last listen i had is went i went to the store one day, one day. Yep. that song is him at his most vulnerable yep. and impersonal and like he's not he's not joking around anymore when he nope. gets that he's like look i love this person he's talking about his wife here yeah. and like i love this person like this is this is I, I didn't know that like i could have this it's possible i'm stealing this from someone something i've read or something i listened to you could you could kind of say though that that this album's like a concept album about modern love. Yeah. Oh, I I, th- I think you could make that argument very easily. It kind of is because with some exceptions, although I'm looking at the track listing, I'm hard pressed to find the exceptions. Like these songs are are about what it means to love someone and to have a relationship yep. and just be a person that shares another person's yep. time in 2015. And again, like the lyric. Um, I dreamt of an obli- uh, passionate obligation yes, to, to a roommate. roommate. Yeah, and and uh, who I can't. I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but like, whoever dreamed like uh, of of waking up and turning over and saying, "Oh, the stranger the sh- in my bed is still there." Our yeah. arrangement hasn't changed. Yes, yes. Lyrics exactly. like that are it, it's 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 just looking at love and, and these 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 are love songs. Yep. He he loves whoever he's writing about. It could be a few people. It could be one yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and it might vary by song. But the, these are like next level love songs. These are commentary on love songs. They're very meta almost. They are. It's and like he can't just because he's so smart, because he's so quick, and because he just gets it. He can't. He's he's too vulnerable, but at the same time sarcastic to let either of them last. And it comes together in this just incredible mix. And it's, it's crazy. I have so much doing. admiration for what he is able to not only see mm-hmm. and understand, but deliver in a way that's relatable and funny. And in touching, really, yeah. like I, Father John Misty, I think shares a lot of the same viewpoints that you or I do in how he looks at the world, and just the way he sums up love and what just what he's talking about in general is yeah. so relatable to me, yeah. and is the reason why, like, it's it's the reason why that's my album of the year, and, and, and it's. And it's the reason why it's my second, and why I love it so much. And I think the the, the 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 reason it's so special is because Father John again doesn't take things at face value, but doesn't just take criticism at face value. Like I said before, like he, what you find when you leave this album is a central truth: is that there yep. is there is something worth living for, yes. despite all the fucking shit yeah, that there is exactly. that I'm living through. Exactly. Because the album, by any stretch, is sarcastic and it's cynical. It wouldn't be great if it was just that. No, it wouldn't. If it was just he... him kind of bitching endlessly nope. about social norms and about it, relationships. If every song was the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment, it yep. wouldn't be as good. You need, honestly, I think the album's bookended yeah. really well yeah. by his most genuine songs. It's yeah. I Love You, Honey Bear, yeah. Chateau Lobby, and then at the end, it's holy shit, and um, uh, I went to the store one day. Well, talk about putting yourself right out there on display. Like, a song, yeah. I, call, I love you, honey bear. Yeah. If you, dude, like, if you're going to call an album that and have a song called yeah. that and lead your album that's called that with a song called that, 
you gotta just own it. You do, and, and he, he does. He is. He does. And it, it, it reminded me all uh, every time I listened to it of um, of uh, Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yes, yes. Just one of those yes. silly pet names. It is. It's embarrassing. It's yep. vulnerable. It it's it, but it's his heart on his sleeve, and he's owning yep. it. And that's what makes this album work. His father, John Misty, knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly what his view is. He knows why it's flawed. Yep. And why other people's views are flawed, and and he captures all of that. Father John Misty, his confidence, his ability, like we've said, to just see the world how it is and understand his flaws and other yeah. people's, is who I want to be right. as an adult. Yeah. Like, he seems well-adjusted well, well adjusted he, as you can be given your a predisposition to those kinds of exactly. things. Exactly. He, he has things figured out to yeah. an extent. He really does. He's get, Yeah. I respect the hell out of this man. Yeah. And a lot of the album is about the challenge of coming to accept stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, favorite favorite track on the album for you? Um, this is this is packed with tracks for me that ended so up on my is. top twenty five of it the so year. Is. And it's hard. It's really difficult. Um, my favorite song on this album, while it's a difficult call, is "Bored in the USA." Okay, uh, "Bored in the USA." Yep. I think is just like the best encapsulation of like what I like about Father John. Yep. Um, um I, I will give you that. It's my second favorite on this album. My favorite is Chateau Lobby number four. In C for two virgins. In parentheses in C for two virgins. Is that a John Lennon and Yoko Ono reference? I think it might be. Is he comparing him and his love interest to John Lennon and Yoko Ono? It might be. Yeah. Interesting. Be. Like the line, um you wrote a note in your perfect script stay as long as you want and I haven't left your bed since it's a great lyric it's like yeah I think it might be it might be referencing that but yeah that's yeah. my favorite Google John Lennon two virgins for a fun surprise by the way oh, right now. oh yeah I think I yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about just anyone about. who is listening the one of you yep. Google that um, you know what if people weren't listening to that Father John Misty album breakdown I feel sorry for them. I do too, because that I think was, we brought the fucking thunder. We brought we brought the heat on this top five. We, I'm worn out. I don't don't get too worn out, Jake. I'm trying not because to. we are at our number one consensus album of the year. We sure are. What is it? Our top album of 2015, after much debate and after averaging our scores, is Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly." This was my number one album of the year. We're talking here. We've got a an average score of nine point six two. My score was a nine point six seven. Sean's came in at a nine point five seven. So yep. they, essentially, we both gave it about a nine six. Yep. Insanely high score for an album that I, I I mean, we could. People are already teaching classes about it. Yeah, this album is is one that I don't think we can really do justice no. on on a on a small for pod. a number of reasons yeah one of them being it's difficult for us to even relate Correct. To, to an album that, that this well and adequately and sufficiently captures the current black experience in the US it, it does and let me juxtapose this with father John Misty right he captures the white experience. experience. He captures the yuppie. I'm gonna go as experience. far as to say he do doesn't just capture the white experience. He captures our experience. L literally ours, we, yours and I. We, like young people who like have a decent paying job and are adjusted and are out of college and have somewhat of an intellectual's view, yep. but are too cynical and kind of no fun as a result. Yeah, that's what Father John represents. Yep. Kendrick Lamar 
is is coming at things from not I, I don't there's no opposite but it's like but, it's a, just an entirely different perspective exactly. which makes it so interesting that it still resonates with us as strongly as it and does and that is a testament to how great this album is it, let me just start out by saying this album is the most important album not only of the year I would you could argue the decade well, so far and we're here halfway through the decade and, and I think you I think the the better's choice is gonna be it, you're it, gonna pick to pimp a butterfly yeah I mean we're halfway through it and like I don't even see Kendrick necessarily beating it no I I don't know that anyone can I, I really I, I don't know that anyone can so, just, just for the subject matter and what he's doing musically yeah. as, as well so how can we begin to break it down I mean I think so, first of all first of all 16 songs an hour 19 so it's basically an 80 minute it, album it's, it's an long epic. it's it's impenetrable there's not much in the way a concept album as well it's a concept album there's not much in the way of just straight up hooks there's not much in the way of 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 straight ahead uh, accessibility you're not gonna if you're into um, your typical pop rap. This let's let's compare this with Drake really quick. If you are a big Drake fan, you're not necessarily gonna like this album. Not necessarily. If, if, not you by, could you could really like it. Oh, you probably will, but not by a rule. No. If if you like rap because of stuff that sounds like Drake, and or that's Future, all you like or it like for, that stuff. Yeah. You're not gonna love this album no. because first of all, like we start in with Wesley's theory. Which is this just funk, just, just yeah. blast off of a song yeah. with, I mean, George Clinton's George Clinton, on it, yeah. Thundercat's on yeah, it, yeah, who's yeah. laying down bass, yeah. and it, this song is just, and it's about, like, the black plight of tax evasion when you become too famous, yeah. but you were never taught about taxes, right. and you don't know that's a thing. Right. This song, it, 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 it's in reference to Wesley Snipes, who is right. in prison for uh, for tax evasion. Yeah, and, and then, so you move from that song, which... We could break down more, but we, there's so much to get into. It, it, and then you move right into for free, for free, which if you, which grabs you, it it is something to to let's, hear. Actually, let's back up to Wesley's theory. How about the actual intro to that song uh, and album? Right. Yeah. How about that? And it's something that I don't think we have, can really even say. We haven't earned the right to no, say it, and we never will. No. And it's it. What it is is it's a sample of. Um, I think a 70s soul song. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to go about saying it. It's it's every N-word is a star. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. feel bad saying N-word, like to go yeah. back to the Louis C.K. joke of... You made I just, me say it. I know, yeah. I made you say it. Yeah. I'm not about to drop that word on a podcast. No. I'm not about to say it. No. The bottom line is it starts with this crackly, old-sounding, yep. vinyl-sounding uh, song of like 70s soul, and then it blasts off into this, this just funk, funk like, yeah it, and that's the thing about Kendrick is no matter how much you like him or how much you like rap you can't th- there's no one producing stuff like him no there's, no, there's nothing no. even remotely no. close because you you go from this song which is just this outer space like funkish sound yep. and you go into for free which is this it's it's like free jazz yeah. it's this yep. wild just just Jazz orchestration. It's it's two minutes eleven seconds, and it has some of the most frenetic, just fast paced verses Kendrick's ever laid down. The the, it's like beat poetry. The dichotomy between the way Kendrick is spitting rhymes yeah. and the trumpets going is amazing. It's such a build. This two minute song is one of my favorites on the album, yeah. and just what he's doing here. Like I remember. 
I remember first listening to this album, I was like, I didn't even really know what to think of Wesley's theory. Yeah. I was like, okay, wow, what was that? Yeah. Then you go into For Free. Yeah. Not only just the jazz by itself, yeah. the lyrics, the speed, just everything about it, just you're like, okay, I'm on another planet right now. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that Kendrick, you with his last album with with uh, Good Kid, Mad City, honestly, another amazing album. Yeah, yeah. But he made some concessions on the pop level. So yeah, you, you have you're a song right. like like uh, you have a song like Swimming Pools Drank, yep. and like that song is is essentially a pop rap song, and yep. I think. It, there's, and it's it's one of the best. Yep. But but on this album, if these two songs tell you one thing, it's that you're not in for that at no, all. No, no, no. You're not in for you're in for something entirely different. And and when you're listening to Wesley's theory and for free, especially for free, first listen in, it, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's it's just an insane yep. listen. Then we drop into the third track, King Kunta. Which ramps the funk back up. It ramps the funk up and it's just I think the most accessible on this it, album, it is, which is, it is, which is, well, insane. I think you can make the argument that all right, all right is, is yeah, you, actually right. This was the first single he, he put out correct. or the first song he released correct. from the which, actual album. I remember hearing it. I was like, I really like this. Yeah. Interesting choice as a single, not knowing what yeah. the rest of the album would be about. Well, because King Kunta has like just some of the, just this like kind of angular funky. Yeah. Beat. Yeah. And, and I got a bone to pick. Yeah. And, and Kendrick's like, spitting this just fiery he's 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 so in the in the beat on yep. this song he's he just like it's a complicated beat to rap over i can only imagine not that i have any expertise in rapping just just try right now to just say um no, I couple, really... couple rappers uh kill themselves they didn't even need my help like or, right like you can't even i can't even right. say it like and what this song does what this song captures is Kendrick is at the top of his game and the rap game in terms of lyricism, in terms of like overall flow, in terms of just like what he's able to bring to the table for production, what he's able to bring to the table for instrumentation. Yep. Like it encapsulates all of that well. And then, so those just the first three tracks. And then you move into more, but, but there's no stopping on this album. Oh, no. You no. never get a break. And, and on top of all of that, it's 80 minutes of, of basically all genius songs. Yep. All Kendrick bringing fire in his yep. verses, with the lyrics, with just the overall feel, the production, yep. and 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 in the, between all of those songs, you have this poem that he's reading that, throughout. Yes. After every song, you get a little more of the poem, yep. a little more, and he doesn't read the next part. He rereads the whole thing yep. from the start yep. and beats you over the head with it. Yep. And it's like this album is less an album than like an experience. It's just it is. Like an ins- it's, it's unbelievable. It, to is, it is an experience, and I re-listened to it for the first time in a long time yesterday, and I was taken aback. I had forgotten a lot of like these little idiosyncrasies and and little details yeah. that are in the album. And those are really what make it. It's yeah. the, it's the little it's the horns. It's the little jazz flourishes. Yep. At the end of Modern Man, yeah. when he's when right. he's going over yes. the like, it's those little things. We're like, I forgot about this. Which is a whole other thing to talk about his interview exactly with Tupac. With Tupac. Like, I, what, like it, before we get to that, because I think it's a good ending discussion because yeah. it's the last song. I want to quickly talk about All Right and its influence on Black Lives Matter and, right. and what your thoughts are with it being a Pitchfork's well, tr- album, uh, uh, track of the year. Yeah, um, and kind of what that 
influence has had on that whole movement in well, th- America. Well, I think All Right is the perfect example of, of what we were talking about before with the Father John Misty yep. versus Kendrick Lamar because... You could write a 5,000-word think piece about yeah. the dichotomy between All you Right could. and a, a board in the USA. Really, you could. And, and, and the problem with All Right, for me... It, well, first of all, there's no problem with it. It's a great right, song. Right. But it was never my favorite. It's or not even, a top five on the album for me. Or even close. But I think I underestimated how powerful it was for I the people, too. for its audience, for its real audience. We're not the audience We're not for the All Right. Audience. We're no. not the audience. The, all Right has become something of a, a call. A, like a, 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 a call to action. Yeah. Or, or like a, a rallying cry. It's like a rallying cry. And, and it's, it, it's really powerful. And it didn't hit me until I saw the music video. Have yeah. you seen that? I actually haven't watched it. Because it, that's the thing. Like, I'm not the audience for right. that. Yeah. I, I almost, like, feel like that song, it belongs, it, it doesn't belong to me. Yeah, it's there's, not, there is it's a way not my, it. It's not my thing to, like, yep. like, impede upon. That's why it's hard to break down. And I think it, it, just, is. it encompasses, like, a cultural movement. And, yeah. And, and it's, Kendrick is the most important artist probably going at all, I, yes. I, I don't even think that's really a question. I think five years ago, you could, or four years ago, you could have said Kanye West. That right. crown has been passed to Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, because Kanye hasn't taken the responsibility to the next level. No, he like hasn't. Kendrick like, has. and he hasn't in a few albums. He while, ha- while Kanye has become more isolated, more he, insular, he's become more of like just this, like this character. This, like Kendrick wants to give exactly, to exactly. This, Kanye is an um an auteur of yeah, right. fashion yeah. and uh, in art. Kendrick is more of a cultural symbol or he icon is. now, yeah. and uh, Kanye has fallen by the wayside, especially in regards to. Black Lives Matter, or yeah. or from that cultural standpoint. Well, I think what happens with Kendrick is so like Kanye, he became obviously one of the most rich, successful, famous yep. rappers in the world, and and he handled it in the opposite way that Kendrick has, because Kanye release releases albums like you know My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Yeezus, which by any standard are amazing albums. Yep. But they're not they're not giving albums. They're not albums for the people. They're not albums for a social cause. No. They're all about Kanye. These are albums that he has um, created as a as a statue to himself. It's all about Kanye. The, to pimp a butterfly yeah. isn't about Kendrick really at all. Because you because Good Kid Mad City was the this is my, the album about me album. Right. It was about his time in you know, in growing up in Compton right. and what that was like for him. He has transcended that with To Pimp a Butterfly yeah. and is now about what's what's the overarching experience of the rest of black America? What's going on with them? And at the same time, um, while the album is overwhelmingly about society and everything, there's a lot of personal stuff on it too. Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot of that as well. Like you, you get a taste of like, you know, in Kinkunta, there's it's kind of a rap boast song. You're you're right. And you're then right. you have a song like like Home and Mama. Yep. And uh, how much a dollar cost? Yep. And those songs are like about they're they're they have a lot to say about society, but it's through the lens of Kendrick's experience. It's right. him coming home right. and seeing how fame has affected him, how yeah. fame has affected his family, yep. how fame has affected his friends and his city. Yep. And and what that all means. How does he? How does Kendrick? 
coming from a background like he did, how does he reconcile his his fame, his his just reputation, his stature yep. with his his humble upbringing? It's it, it is. How does he bring it back home? Exactly, and, and all interesting um, themes to unpack there. My question about all right before we move on to kind of the the back half of the album um, is or, or the end of the album. How do you first of all? So how do you feel about it as a pitchfork number one song of the year? Um, it's not my favorite song of the year, and we've talked about this. It's not my favorite song of the year, but I think I agree with it. I do too. I, I agree with I it too. because it's I think the most important song by the most important I, artist. I agree. I was talking to somebody at work. I was talking to Ian about it uh, at work, and I asked him the same question, and we both came to the same conclusion. It's you know, it's not our favorite. Yeah probably matters the most right. by the artist who matters the most from the album that mattered the most exactly and at the end of the day that counts for a lot, a lot. yeah if not everything and that's exactly. why it's the number one out uh track of the year exactly. um, as voted by pitchfork i get it um i think the last the last thing to talk about here is that the poem yeah. and then his conversation with tupac yeah which he recorded i mean the story is well known by now right. but he took an old interview yep. and recorded and figured out how to answer, ask questions yep. that would lead into these things Tupac said back in, like, 94 or yep. whatever. Which is is eerily accurate for what's happening today. Yeah, and it just... I mean, this album, I think, even more as we look to the future, I think as we go forward, is going to seem like a, a almost prophetic statement. Well, well, I think it has already proven to be. Exactly. Because look at, look at what happened. This album came out in uh, March. Yeah. Look at what has happened since then. I know, yeah. It's, the, it's, it the, already was. The political, social, and racial yep. unrest has only continued. Yep. And it's and that's exactly like what he's getting at the end of the album. Yeah. It's going to be murder. Like yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, p- people think that, like, we're playing games. We're not playing we're not, games. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and I think Kendrick heard that and wisely... And being a student of rap, and being a student, and just a, just a clearly a brilliant guy. Oh, yeah, smart guy. Like smart guy. Like on like, so, heard that and said, you know, Tupac was onto something years before his time, and yep. I'm going to give him a platform. Yep. Uh, and that interview is really interesting. I mean, it's I, you could argue as from just an album perspective. I mean, the, the song's 12 minutes. Most of it is that interview. It is, and when you're listening to it again and again, sometimes you could like you could make an argument for skipping it if you're just yeah, in it to listen yeah, yeah, to the yeah. songs. It, yes, as, as an art piece and as the experience as a whole, it, I think it's essential. Oh, it totally is. Um, if there's some fat that could be trimmed from it, I think it's that other thing he recites to him after their like interview. It's yeah, that like other the butterfly poem. Yeah, the other like I I get what he's going at. Yeah. I, I think those themes have already been. Yeah. explored throughout right. the rest of the album and I think that has actually been the one um, detracting statement that a lot of other people have said is that whole like the theme of To Pimp a Butterfly yeah. is kind of you're a little bit beaten over the head with it you sure yeah you definitely are and you definitely are. I think that's the one detractor of this album I think that's fair and I think you know, that's definitely there. And it's small. It's a small yeah. <laughs> like oh. the rest is, is, is just straight brilliance yeah and there's no like you get to that, and it is a little. It, it's heavy-handed, yeah. and there's no doubt about it. Because you know, there's a, then because we have this one poem that stands on its own, and is this whole statement, and then we just have another, right? Like there's just this other poem now, right. and right. we're meant to digest this one immediately, right? I can. I mean, that is a detracting point. I still, in, but like, not to say I don't enjoy it. I still enjoy all of it. 
Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we seriously could talk about it. We could go all day. It could be a whole pod talking about Kendrick Lamar. It could be a whole pod talking about this the differences album. between, you know, yeah. The, you, there's a lot of different ways you could like go I on said, this. Like I said, people are, like, people are starting to teach classes it's, and, like, oh, it's unbelievable. and lecture about this yep. Which is what Kendrick wanted. Yeah, which I think is fantastic. And and that's what it is about this album is like, you it, it, it's not highly replayable. It's not highly you don't always. It's not an easy listening. You experience. don't always want to listen no, to the Pimp no, Butterfly. No, but when you do, you're you're rewarded because yeah, it's it it is it's undeniably great. And I can speak to that where you know I hadn't listened to this album for probably months until I had listened to it yesterday. And I was in the mood for it. I was prepared for what I was going to be met with. The length, the, the weight of it. The themes, all of it. And when you're ready for it, and you're in the mood for it, 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 it is truly amazing. Yeah. I, and, you know, that's the reason why it's my number two. Honestly, you know, I we talked about this, the difference between Father John. Father John is the album I can most relate to. Yeah. So it gets a little bit of a, a, yeah. the a nod boost. for me. But in terms of being, of terms of importance, yeah. as an art piece, you know, To Pimp a Butterfly is the best of the year bar none, yeah. and it will be a top ten of the decade when all is said and done in 2020. Oh, no doubt, if not the number one. Right. If not the number, I mean, it would, someone would have to bring some crazy thing to the table, because, I mean, what Well, happened... I, I think the only argument you could make is Twisted Fantasy would still hold that number one spot. I don't know if it does when we get to the end of the decade. Who knows who's like... I mean, at that point, right. Twisted Fantasy is the very start. Right. It's an interesting discussion. It and is, I think which, is I, which is for another podcast. And what I'd say about this album, just in summation for me at least, is that like, not only is the message there, not only is Kendrick bringing all that social baggage to the table and really exploring it, really unpacking it, really examining it from his own perspective and from a larger socioeconomic and sociopolitical perspective. But he's also not shortchanging us at all on the production. That's on, right. On, oh the, on the lyrics. On, on the on the, the flow. The yeah, sheer, right. The sheer right. You know, weight of the album. Just it's, right. There's so many tracks. They're all good. And the production's so varied. Yeah. You have, like, the free jazz-ish feel of a for free, yep. and then you have like the heavenly kind of sounding for sale interlude. Yeah, yeah. And then you that's have right. Black of the Berry, which is just it's straight aggression. It we is. didn't even talk about. We it. didn't even talk about the Black of the Berry. That's the whole point, and I don't think we should because we we're, we've been going on and on. But the thing is, is like Black of the Berry is is such a statement of its own. It is. And then you and and then you have songs like uh, these walls. Yeah. Which is just yeah. it's like smooth, and then and, and you got a song like. Hood politics, where yep. Kendrick is is more fiery than ever, yep. and is and just like it, there's so much this offer this album offers, that it's like it's hard to even compare to anything. Exactly, else that came out. exactly. And I, I feel like that's why the, no matter what your favorite album of the year is, it almost has to be number one. Yeah, I, right, I, it, like I can't. I feel like if you're not picking this as a consensus number one for like your organization or right. whatever for your magazine, you're, you're, you're trying for controversy. You are, you are, because it it like is clearly the statement of the year, the album of the year. Have you, Have you seen a list that hasn't had this as number one? I haven't. I I don't think I have either. I have no, I don't and think, I don't think we will. I don't think when I, Pitchfork yeah. comes out with theirs by the end of the week, this will be number one. That's it, a fact. It should be. I mean, it I, should. What's Tame Impala gonna upend it? What's the I mean, only one I can think of from them is maybe Sufjan because that one. And it would just seem like a slap the highest in the face. Rate. It would. You it would seem like a slap in the face. It's, it's going to be this album. It's, it's no question. 
Um, so to wrap things up with To Pimp a Butterfly, what is your favorite track? I'll actually go first. My favorite track from this, um, and this is this is another one that's actually really difficult because there's there's a lot of um, variance, yeah, and there's just it's hard to separate a single song from this from the album as a whole. And I think if you're looking at two songs in particular, it has to be King Kunta or Black of the Berry. Um, I'm, I'm going to give the slight nod to King Kunta just mm-hmm. because it's it's the most accessible by itself. Uh, if that one came on just, you know, on a general playlist, that's one you can kind of, yep. everyone can get down with no matter what. Exactly. Um, so I would agree with you. And despite King Kunta being way up there for me, uh, and maybe, I think, maybe being the best track um, which I mean, you could argue all day about yeah. what the best track is on here. Yeah, you could. My favorite is actually Hood Politics. Yep. I, um, yep. For and and it really actually for this it doesn't come down to anything Kendrick is actually necessarily rapping about. It doesn't come down to anything lyrical he does necessarily. It for me this one it comes straight down to feel. Yeah. The beat on this on that song is is just awesome. Yep. Has this cool like delayed sounding kind of warped like synthy beat. And Kendrick's, like, verse on the... I don't know if he's rapping through a different vocal filter or something. His voice sounds just scratchier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds... It just sounds scratchier yeah, on this. I know, and yeah, I, I, I love mean. the effect of that. Yep. And it also... It comes, like, right at the start of the second part of the album. The second half. Yep. After Mama. After For Sale Interlude. And it comes to the point in the album where it's the 10th track. And 10th, 9th, 10th, 8th, 11th tracks on albums this long are usually the weakest. Yep, usually you're hitting true. a lull. It's true. And what I love most about this album is that it, you never hit that. No. There's no, there's no lull. No, there's because not. Because after that comes How Much a Dollar Cost, yeah. President Obama's favorite exactly. song That's of the year. correct. That's correct. And so I just think that, you know, Hood Politics for me captures everything that's so great about the album. It captures the diversity, yep. the great production, yep. Kendrick just being on another level lyrically yep. and, and in terms of flow. Um it's my overall favorite, uh, but you could argue for days about. You I mean, could. You Kunta could be the best. Black of the Berry could be you, the best. You could, honestly, if you came and told me for free was yours, I'd say fine. And also, these walls is up there yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, just talk about like overall feel. I know it's true, and uh, we could talk all day about it. We could. Um, I, I think that's a great place to to leave it for our breakdown of our our top twenty five albums of the year. It's been fun. It, this has been awesome. Uh, I hope s- someone listens. I, I do too. Because there's a lot there. There's a lot there. We, we've talked, uh, we talked to Blue Street. Yeah. Um, you know, 2015, great year for music overall. Was awesome. I was happy to be a part of it. Uh, definitely looking forward to 2016. And maybe we should come in with another podcast about maybe some songs. Or, I think, yeah. Or some I think discovered albums. This, We're going to do it. Yeah. Th- this this will not be the last you hear of us in terms of breaking down the year that was. Yep. Um, so stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. Or nobody. Nobody. Whoever it is. Probably no one. Thanks. Just a general thanks. Yeah.